Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Pigside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Riv and Andrew Velez. And this is now episode 96. The Clippers led by Paul George have been giving the Suns a hell of a fight. Can they come back? We debate that while also talking about potential NBA blockbuster trades. This includes names like Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, Colin Sexton, and Pascal Siakam. We also debate whether the backlash that Chauncey Billups has been receiving is warranted and Scottie Pippen calling Phil Jackson a racist on the Dan Patrick show. This show is going to be great. We're going to talk about a lot of trades, potential trades that could happen. And also Chauncey Billups has been receiving a ton of backlash along with the Portland Trailblazers organization. I can't wait to get into that. I know before the podcast, we talked about it at length along with other things. And right here, just to give you guys a glimpse of what's happening in this atmosphere, it is pretty hot. It is pretty hot. <laughs> uh, I'm burning up right now. I don't know if you guys can notice my forehead sweating, but I'm definitely sweating. Not that bad. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the last couple episodes of the podcast, I've been getting hundreds of downloads, which is Amazing. which is surreal for us. Him. Yeah. He, he's been making a huge impact. On the team, this is Kevin Durant to the seventy-three and nine Warriors. Wow, that's yeah. high praise. But you make me feel like KD. Nah, you're more like David West. Ouch! But I've been noticing so something. <laughs> we get a hundred downloads per episode. Well, the past three we have been, and I notice on Apple Podcasts we only have twenty-eight or twenty-nine reviews or, or ratings. I should say. Okay. I think that has to change. So if you're listening to this right now, go give us a review. If you've been downloading our podcast, the number should be a little bit more up. It helps us in the rankings, and we, we've never been ranked. Okay. So, you know, we're trying to be on our Damian Lillard right here, trying to receive a ranking because people that get go unranked have huge chips on their shoulder, and they come for the come for the prize. So, you know, we're trying to come for it all. So thank you guys if you've been supporting. We just want to give you that little shout-out right there. And <clears throat> on to the first topic. I mean, the Clippers have been amazing, right? Paul George has been amazing. He had 41 points, 13 <clears throat> rebounds, and 6 assists in Game 5. The Clippers beat the Suns 116 to 102. This feels like a 3-1 comeback. Mm. This feels like a 3-1 comeback stirring. And I believe outside of game one, the Clippers have outplayed the Suns in every game. Outside of game one when campaign had 29 points, I think the Clippers have been the better team. They lost on that value to DeAndre Ayton. Then the other game, oh no, the value was the same game Paul George missed those free throws, yes. right? The other game, game two. the Clippers also, they weren't game hitting four. their threes. So, right, I feel like right now the Clippers should either be up 3-2 or 3-1. Like, I feel like that's where they should be at Even right now. Even without Kawhi. Exactly. Even without Kawhi. Mm-hmm. And the Suns blowing a 3-1 lead in the Western Conference Finals feels like the most Chris Paul-led <laughs> team thing ever. It just feels like it's bound to happen. Chris Paul finally getting a chance to go to the Finals and blowing a 3-1 lead just feels like a Chris Paul storyline. That's been the storyline for his career. And right now, the Clippers have momentum. Jackson is playing well. Morris. Uh, the Clippers are actually undefeated when Morris shoots above 50%. And he's a volume shooter, so that is often rare. But you look at game one, the Clippers lost by six. Game two, Clippers lost by one. Game four, Clips lost by four. All these games are extremely close. The only game that has been lopsided was this past game, game five, when the Clippers you know, had a double-digit lead on the Suns and they beat them. Do you think the Clippers are going to beat the Suns in a series or do you still have faith the Suns will pull this thing out? That's a you question, You got to go first. Yeah. I want to hear what you got to say. 
do I see them coming back from three three one? I don't know, man. I don't know. I just think that you're asking a lot of Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris. You want Cousins to continue being dominant like he was in, in game five. In game five, right? It's it's just asking a lot of players that really haven't had this responsibility in the past to continue being a 10 out of 10 ball player right now. And that's what they're going to need in order to pull this comeback, especially with the way the Suns have been playing. Although, you know, they do seem a little bit banged up. I still feel like the Suns are are more healthy, more definitely more healthy than the Clippers. Because if Kawhi was playing in this series, it's a no-brainer to me. This series is over in five. Clippers have just looked that dominant. They're just missing that one piece to to close out these games. And when Paul George has been on, it shows in, in these box scores. I mean... Paul George had one hiccup this series, and I don't want to say it, it, it cost them this series because obviously it's not over yet, but if, if he hits those free throws, you're looking at them potentially going up 3-1. Obviously, I, I love that position way more than I like them being down 3-1, but now obviously 3-2, things get interesting. They go back to, to L.A., I don't know. I just I still think the Suns they just played tight at home. The 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 hype of going to the finals, a clinching that game at home probably was on their mind. Uh so I look for them to be a lot more aggressive. But one thing I will say, this adjustment of Pat Bev getting put on Devin Booker has completely changed the Suns offense. Devin Booker's has not nearly gotten as comfortable. His he's been shooting under 50% since in each of these games that Pat Bev has played defense on him. And obviously you need Devin Booker to be your best player if you want to win this series. But I'm going to stay I'm going to stay firm on the Suns. I feel like next game I definitely look for Phoenix to be a lot more aggressive, a lot more consistent on defense. And I look for Paul George not to miss five shots in a, in a game. I mean, Paul George had the greatest postseason game of his career, in my opinion. Back against the wall, you need this win away. He, he played stellar. I, I, I'm, I'm going to give him 100% credit for this one. He was amazing. But that it's going to take another one of these performances to keep propelling the Clippers over the Suns, and I just don't know if they can do it for two more games. Kawhi is a game-time decision for That is extremely six. interesting. Because if he plays, I'm, I'm not taking anyone <clears throat> but the Clippers. I mean, he could play and play really well, or he can ruin Paul George's momentum. Momentum? It's one of those so two. So I have a question before you go. If if Kawhi ends up playing, do you think since Paul George has been so hot, do you think he defers? No, Paul George is still going to be the. I should. I think you have to ease Kawhi in. He I can't agree. come in and play like how he played against Dallas. Mm-hmm. Like Paul George still has to be the man, and Kawhi has to be that Harden in no, Game Seven. So you're to saying Durant. does Kawhi defer to Paul George? Yes, absolutely, okay. absolutely, one hundred percent. Okay. I think what's beautiful about that is that Paul George has taken the role of being a playmaker, Mm -hmm. so he doesn't need to defer to Kawhi or even he can just be what he's been doing. Because even if you watch last game, he deferred to Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson at times. Like He has the ability to switch over to be a playmaker and let his teammates eat and then cook up when he needs to, what he showed yesterday in the third quarter. When his, his team needed to run, he put the team on his back and did what he was supposed to do. Do I think... They're going to come back. I don't know. This is a tricky situation because we've seen game four when they shot horrible. You know, in the fourth quarter, they had multiple opportunities to win that game. Devin Booker's playing poorly. Chris Paul's playing poorly. And you still have an opportunity to win this game. And you just fumble the bag repeatedly, repeatedly. Reggie Jackson and Paul George, they're big-time playmakers down the stretch, couldn't buy a bucket. Game two, like we talked about, missing those free throws that would have probably 
ended the game or at least put them where they could have won in overtime. You know, they fumbled that bag too. So I just think this team, although we can give them the credit for game five and the fact that we all believe that they've looked, they, they we all believe that they've beaten themselves more than Phoenix has beaten them yeah. so far. I think with them choking two games, it's hard to say they're fully going to come back. You know, they are game six. It's going back to LA. Kawhi is a game time decision. I don't even, I don't even think bringing him in, you know, it's going to be tough because he's been out for a while. But I think this team without Kawhi has found their identity. I think right now you want to ride with this team that you have right now. People know their roles. People have accepted that. They look hungrier. They look grittier. They look more resilient. And Paul George, you know, being with all the critics he's been receiving, still finds a way to play great regardless if he's having a bad shooting night. You know, he still, you know, mostly back in the day, we used to see him have a bad shooting night. He stopped being aggressive. He's still aggressive. He's still making plays. He's still playing defense the team is much better with him they're, they're losing the minutes without Paul George but yeah. when he plays you know he's played 40 minutes I think in almost every game this whole month he's led the minutes the, the minutes in playoff in the playoffs he's led in minutes the total in the minutes and the minutes yeah. yeah he has over I think he has 100 more than Devin Booker who I think is second I believe I'm not see sure the Booker or Trey yeah but I, but it's, it's one of those one, two yeah and it's that's that's ridiculous you know he's been there consistently so I think you know we were due for a Marcus Morris game it came, you know, so Mark, like you said, Marcus Morris is a volume shooter. Reggie Jackson has been one of the most consistent players for this team. I don't know if Zubox going to play. I forgot. What did the paper say? Oh, oh, thank you for that. Uh, I'll let you, I'll let you read that That's the minutes list? Up. It's everything. that he's, uh, first, all the Paul George's first in minutes, first in points, second in rebounds, second in free throws made, second in three-pointers made, third in field goals made, fifth in assists. You, you guys notice, you guys notice. crazy. You guys notice how Paul George, whenever he plays great, nobody says anything. Oh, the, the, I said it last night. The the Twitter is mute. Like, it's, everybody it's, goes to sleep. There's a couple guys that have that type of gravity when it comes to NBA Twitter. Yeah. Paul George is one. Giannis. Rudy Gobert is another. Oh, yeah. Giannis is definitely one of them. When when he has a great game, nobody says anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Chris Middleton is that. A little bit. As of recently, he's been getting more credit. But Chris Middleton, he has a great game. Everybody doesn't say anything. He has the worst, a bad game. He's all of a sudden, yeah, the worst. Not he two. can't be a number two. Yeah. All this other stuff. But Paul George, he's been amazing in these playoffs he's and in awesome, this series, man. he's been amazing. I think he deserves more respect, most definitely. Even yesterday, they were on the uh, Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy were disrespecting him while he's playing the game, like you know, on the mic, talking about how he why is he sitting down? He's you know, acting like a baby. Like, it was just like, oh, bro, he's bro, he played the 41 game. out of 48 minutes of a game. Like, he can't take a rest. Bro, it's, it, it's, with Paul George, the criticism is more bullying than anything else. Uh-huh. With other guys, you know, with LeBron, Steph Harden, it's criticism, but it's not like bullying. I think with Paul George, it's more of the making fun of the jokes. Well, two out of the three names you you named there have won championships. Harden gets bullied. He gets, prior to this season, yeah. obviously, there's not much he can do. He, he did as much as he could with that hamstring. Prior to that, bro's been a choke artist in the playoffs, so people get people get on. But him you don't for see that. people disrespecting Harden's that, no, game. No way, like, no way. Know who he that's, is like, that's absolutely the way, so? that, the way that they do yes. Paul George. Yes. The way that they do Paul George. Well, somebody said Andrew James, Wiggins was better than Paul people George. People say Paul George. <laughs> people say Paul. But and a guy you follow on Twitter not too long ago when you actually had an account said that James Harden is just a supercharged DeMar DeRozan. Who said that? It was, oh, I forgot. No. Who I follow it was, said that? It was this Spurs fan. He, I think his name, his that name's like Venturecrit, something like that. Oh, 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 oh. That. I know AP Venturecrit. Yeah, he's a LeBron yeah. fan. He's yeah, your he, guy. Hey, I would never say something like that. <laughs> I'm just saying. People like that make us look Harden, bad. Harden, 
people people call him a foul baiter. People say that he they hate watching him play. There's he doesn't show effort on defense. He's lazy. There's a lot of things that Carter gets criticized four. for. So yes, he does get bullied. So let's not go there. <laughs> I, don't, actually, I don't want to talk about Harden, but look at this. Mm-hmm. Ty is ten and two in the elimination games. Beast. Those games he has two losses are against the Kevin Durant Warriors. First of all, stop doing that. Stop doing. Kevin Durant describes no, no, no. It's no, no. the Kevin Durant Warriors. No, it's how Kevin Durant slash no, Steph Curry Warriors. How else do I describe Where's Steph Curry's finals MVP? That's what we're doing. He okay. doesn't have none. Yeah, it's his, okay. it's okay. his it's squad. Okay. We know the juggernaut Warriors as the KD Warriors. Right. That's okay. how we know those okay. Warriors. All right, cool. Sorry, bro. No, I just don't like the way you Okay, okay. And those two losses are when he was with LeBron and they didn't have Kyrie for one of those. And the other one they did, but they didn't have the Yeah, you know, it didn't matter. I mean, I... Talu, I think he gets this done. I'm gonna be honest. I think he gets this done. I think he. Does. It just felt so much like a LeBron performance yesterday by PG. Yeah, yeah OG, like even bro. going back to his Miami days when Game Five in Indiana, they're playing Miami. They're at home. They needed a W. He you know he drops 37, 21 in the fourth quarter. You know, going back to that uh, game, that, that that that's what it felt like. But what do you guys think about Chris Paul? Like, is this a, what is this gonna be for his legacy if he blows a three one lead in the WCF? Well, obviously, if the Suns don't win, it's because uh, they were hampered by the Chris Paul spirit, obviously, because <laughs> everything Chris Paul does is... Booker hasn't been good, though. Everything Chris Paul does... Oh, no, everything the Suns do, my mistake, is a testament to Chris Paul all of a sudden. I mean, the Suns could fucking take a shit and they'd praise Chris <laughs> yeah, Paul for yeah, anything. Def, def. You know, so I think this is going to hurt Chris Paul's legacy if he does lose, because everywhere he's been, he, he has blown these types of leads to Houston. He blew a 3-1 lead to them when a Josh Smith had that crazy 3 point garage. Dwight? I think it was him and it might have Jason Terry. Because he was uh, just throwing oops. Corey like, Brewer, I the think. Roster squad, were, yeah. yeah. He yeah. just became a point guard god. I think it was, game, it, it, it was game four, I believe. Uh, no, it wasn't four. It was five. It had to be game four or one of those. One of those. It was three. No, 3-1 three, is not game four. It's game five. Oh, game five. Okay, yeah. yeah. You're right. No, no, it couldn't be game five. Because they, they had a higher seed than you guys. Just check it and just make sure. On, I mean, it might be six. But that's what I think. You know, I think it's going to hurt Chris Paul a little bit. But I want to ask you guys a question because obviously Reggie Jackson has been phenomenal, phenomenal mm-hmm. in these playoffs. And I made a TikTok about this. And I think it's actually a real debate. Okay. Would you rather take this version of Reggie Jackson in the playoffs that you've seen so far or would you take Russell Westbrook in the playoffs? So scratch all of Westbrook's regular season accolades. Did you really it doesn't just matter. Ask that? Yes, I did ask you that. Because look, these are the stats. The last three years in the playoffs, mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook has averaged 19 points per game. His normal assistant so, rebound no, numbers. No, no, we, we spoke know what about it is. This okay, before. it's 10 Say, and 10. Thank you. It's 10 thank and 10. You. I'll okay. give him his respect. But he's been shooting 37% from the field and 27% from the three with like four to five turnovers a game. Reggie Jackson mm-hmm. in these playoffs is averaging 18, 3, 50, 40, and 3. 90 club, right? And he's average, he's um shooting 49% uh, from the field and 41% from three. He was insane, just at the 50. I, I personally would take Reggie Jackson. And th- then there's a debate that, oh, Russell Westbrook is the number one option. Reggie Jackson can't be. I mean, Westbrook as a one first option has been a first round exit this entire time. Well, so, you know, regardless if it's Reggie or Russ is my first option. I'm a first round exit regardless. I think I think the beauty of Reggie Jackson is, you know, in the first round, every every round or every game, he intends to elevate his game, regardless of the role. You know, in the first round it was Kawhi and PG, he was doing his thing. 
Kawhi goes down, Reggie elevates his game, and now he's elevating his game. And Reggie right now is the Clippers' second option. And he's he he's thrived in oh, that. Definitely. Him and PG have looked like, I don't need, like, yo, like Steph and Clay out. Like, they're <laughs> bugging. Like, no, nah, for they're real. Tweaking. Like, they're tweaking. But if you're asking me, would I would take this version of Reggie or Westbrook for three years. I don't know because do we expect Reggie to do this again? Like any version yes, of Russell because ever. look, because that's what he's making I'm, it sound. I'm going. I'm no. I would say I the that, last the past three years of yeah, Russell. He, he, okay. I'm, I'm talking about okay. Russell now. Okay. Russell, we're talking Russell's about tough. Reggie. Oh we're talking about Reggie versus Russell now. And Reggie Jackson, when he got traded to Detroit, he's been to the playoffs two times there and then two times with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Whenever he's played 25 plus minutes in the playoffs, his first time with Detroit. He averaged 14 points, nine assists, and three rebounds. That was against Cleveland. Shot 45% from the field and 17% from three. Oh so he didn't shoot good from the three. Mm. His next playoffs with Detroit, with Detroit, he averaged 18, 7, and 3. Shot 43% from the field and 43% from three. So he's improved. So much like what he's doing now with the Clippers, he did with Detroit in the first round in 2018-2019 season. So he has shown that he can perform in the playoffs before. And... I'd rather take a guy who's shooting close to 50% from the field. Who can shoot the three and ball. And can, can shoot the three ball over Russ. And he's clutch. If you swap this. Russ isn't clutch? Not like Reggie right if now. If you swap this Not Reggie right Jackson. Now. If you swap this Damn, Reggie bro. Jackson with Houston Russell Westbrook. They would have lost last round to Utah. Houston Russell Westbrook. It's like we were just talking about this too. It's like before COVID happened. He he was arguably the MVP of the league. No, he wasn't. You had Lebr- no, you had LeBron no, who just he wasn't ju- even close. Relax. What year was that? You had LeBron. We averaged twenty seven to seven. His most efficient year of his career. You had LeBron who would just be in the Bucks and the Clippers. Like but then you'd had you'd had Russ have like twenty games in a row. Didn't Giannis win that year? Yeah, he did. He was wasn't a, it Giannis, Harden, LeBron? He, I said an MVP candidate. Did I say he was the MVP? Because if that's what I said, then I'm wrong. He was an uh, MVP it sounded candidate. Like you were saying. I don't think he was. I think Harden was over him. LeBron was over him. LeBron was over he him. He still be an MVP candidate, though. Exactly. I just thought you said he was no, the no, MVP. No, 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 no. Because obviously LeBron... But we're, we're talking about the playoffs, and Russell Westbrook My point in the being, playoffs has not, not been good. The bubble happened. Obviously, he was on fire. He was shooting over 50% in the games that he was scoring 25-plus. And then bubble happens. Obviously, COVID happens. He has this huge break, and they're not the same when they come back. So Reggie, are we jacking Reggie Jackson? Reggie, yeah, that's, yeah, that's Reggie, Reggie Jackson. Jackson. You're good. Reggie Jackson. He sounds like a black singer, but um, like an R and B artist. <laughs> well, what's isn't there a Reggie Jackson? Um, the guy on the American Idol. I don't watch American Idol. Really? Either. Uh, it's uh Michael Jackson, uh, bro. I'm, it's not I'm Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson's brother. I'm almost positive. No, that's um, um, I don't know, bro. Yeah, Westbrook, Reggie Jackson, okay. Westbrook's no. best playoffs, no, he averaged 37, Jeez. 11, and 11. Against who? That was against Houston, his MVP year. I am right. And he shot 39% from the field and 26% his from the field. His usage rate was probably like at 50. I love Russell Westbrook, but I think in the playoffs, he has been one of the worst superstars in the, in the playoffs in recent memory for me. Randy Jackson. Randy Jackson, Randy okay. Randy Jackson. So Russell is this- Westbrook, to me, is just super inefficient. I'd rather have a guy who can create and shoot the three. And Westbrook is also not a good defender, so he's not giving you a plus on that side either. So let me ask you guys, because, you know, talking about this Clippers team and talking about how resilient they've been, they've been down. You know, Zubak didn't play last night. Ibaka, they've missed. Kawhi, they've missed. This Phoenix team is, right now, Monty Williams and Ty Lue are going, going to war as head coaches, and this team is fighting in the dogfight. Is this a testament to, you know, Phoenix run? Like, is it being overlooked because of the injuries, or do we still give them their proper dues? 
if they do win. Every team that's won a championship has had a <clears throat> has had to honestly face teams that have been hampered by injuries. Kawhi versus Golden State, Kevin Durant, Clay were hurt. Every finals run has featured injuries because it's such a long season. You can't count on players to stay healthy the entire year. I think Phoenix should still get their respect for this run because they were the second seed. It's not like they were a bad team and now they're having this amazing run. They've been consistent and amazing all year long. And I think even versus a healthy Denver team, they probably would have beat them. I agree with that uh, one. With the yep. Lakers, even if the Lakers were fully healthy, I think that goes 6-7. Uh, it still would have been close. It still would have been a dogfight. I think Utah would have went 7, maybe 6. It depends because we saw Utah lay an egg against the Clippers. There really aren't other teams. I think there's not teams in the Western Conference other than the Lakers, healthy Lakers team, and the Clippers. You could really say they can beat Phoenix in a seven-game series. So I don't think this is a fluke. They're, they're an amazing team. What about you? I still think that they probably would would be in a similar position now. So I'm not I'm I'm still giving the credit that they deserve. Obviously, you look at the Lakers series where when Chris Paul went hurt, automatically people were trying to say they were trying to discredit the Lakers winning that series. But obviously, things turned the way that they did. Suns ended up closing out. So you know they capitalized on, on that situation, even though they they were down bad at first. So, you know, they had some adversity that they had to deal with, too. Chris Paul ends up getting uh, COVID as well or testing positive for COVID. It's like they've had things like every other team has had things happen to them. So, I, listen, like Joel said, every, every season there's something that happens. So you got you to show respect regardless. If, if you talked about Milwaukee, on the other hand, where you got Kyrie and Harden go down, and now you got Trey, uh, Trigger Trey, who's, who's probably going to miss right. game four. It's like... Have they caught a few breaks? Sure, but it's like everyone catches breaks, especially on a championship run. If, if you're the healthiest team, and so I, I'm not, I'm not going to discredit them too much. Truthfully, yeah, I agree. Uh, it's it's just a weird dynamic because this team has looked worse with Chris Paul. You know, I think Cameron Payne with them, they was running and gunning. You know, they was at a fast pace with Chris Paul. They kind of slowed the game down, and they haven't looked the same. You know, I think they're one and two when Chris Paul has played in the series, and with Cameron Payne starting to what two and zero. Oh. So you know, it's just it's just a weird dynamic. I don't like Chris Paul is a nice player, and I don't want him to see him blow a three one lead. But you know, I want to see Paul George go to mm-hmm. the finals. But I'm not putting too much blame on CP three. I'll give him blame for these last few losses that they've had. But I mean, I just, the Denver series he was no amazing. because it's like LA he's getting series, to his he spots. Amazing. He's just missing. But I mean, Clippers defense has been solid. Yeah. It's really been really good, and it's not something we should overlook. Clippers have just made really good defensive adjustments. Am I the only one that's been seeing Giannis beat a super team narrative in the Nets versus the Nets? Might be. Am I the only one that's seeing that? I I mean, they were injured. People so I'm not know that say. the Nets were injured. It's like, yeah, I think people should but, know. But it. I think we still have to give them credit because if he would have lost, oh, we would have been we would have been destroying him. Destroyed him. And you got to win, regardless. You got to go out there and win. That's true, but there's rightful cause for that because. Harden and Kyrie are injured. You have to win the game. You, I mean, you have to win the series. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Why can't we praise him since he won? Because he, he could have easily choked. No, he I'm played in Brooklyn. If he I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm, I, I'm not praising him because he played phenomenal. Yeah. But I, I'm also saying that because I'm also saying that people all of a sudden when somebody wins, if their favorite player wins, mm-hmm. they like to try to prop them up so much and say, "Oh, Giannis beat a super team in the Nets." Oh no, he that's what they did team. with Kawhi in, in, in 2019. The, exactly, yeah. they did that with Kawhi in 2019. It was the re- most ridiculous thing ever. 
And I think some people are doing that with Giannis with the Nets, and I just don't think that's how it went down because the healthy Nets team would have beat this would have beat that Bucks team in five, five. or six. Yep. I mean, that's going to be the same thing that happened with, with Phoenix, though. They're going to get propped up for beating the Clippers when, and re- realistically, we we all know a healthy Clippers team would probably beat them in five or six games. But that's what's probably going to happen. They're going to get propped up for you know beating, and as they well should, because you have to win those games regardless of who's suiting up, because you can easily choke and lose. So the Rockets team. I had this for a while, but I was waiting until we're done. Trevor Ariza, Patrick Beverly, Corey Brewer, Clint Capella was a rookie. Dwight Howard. Hey, a minute ago. Yep. Uh, Josh Smith, Jason Terry. What year was that? This was 2015. I thought you were going to look up the stats for that particular game. Ah, okay. I could do that too. Yeah. That's th- slow. Listen, I thought you just wanted the the, the roster. I mean, the, the stats should be right yeah, there. Harden had 31. <laughs> In that game? Yeah. Jeez. Let's see. Didn't he get benched in the fourth? Chris no, I think he's talking about game seven. Oh. Which game were you guys talking about? The game when they came it's back. It's probably game five or six. Okay. Let me see. Look at game five. I think it's game, game five. five. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's game five. Well, Rockets won game five, 124 to 103. Was it on the road? No, Rockets were home. Game six. Game five. Game six. So game oh, it was home. No, oh, no. You said game, wait, so, you're talking about game six or game so, five? So right game now? five, 103, 124, Rockets won, Rockets were at home. Oh, okay. So then game game six, excuse me, game six, Rockets were away. They won one, one, 119 to 107. Check that game. Okay. I think that's the one. Chris Paul had 31. Trevor Rees had 13. Dwight had 20. James Harden had 23. Josh Smith had 19. Corey Brewer had 19. That might have been that one. Terrence Jones had 16. Corey Brewer had a plus minus of plus 32. It was definitely that one. It was one. definitely that game. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Corey Brewer God. was going off. Man, they really that was that series. That Chris Paul didn't play the first two games. Really, I don't that, think he did. I, but they were up three one. No, they was up two. They was it was one one. Then Chris Paul comes back. Then they go up three one. And I think Blake gets hurt. Bro, Br- Blake went crazy in this game too. Twenty eight. Chris Paul had thirty one. Yo, how did they lose? No, Bro. Blake did, did wasn't hurt that. Blake series. didn't get hurt. Oh, no. so it was just Chris Paul. They, they no, just choked. They, they choked. Bad. That's crazy. They but the rest choked. of this roster, if I'm being honest, like Jamal, I think that was like the best Clippers roster at the moment. Jamal underwhelmed his sin. J.J. Redick was their third best scorer with 15 points. DeAndre Jordan had eight points. Well, he's... Yeah, exactly. Wow. This team was... Yikes. Outside of Blake and and Chris Paul, this team did not show up. That team wasn't too bad. That team was a great team. It was. Jamal had a minus 27 this game. Jamal Crawford? Yeah. Well, he's losing just like, you know, shot chucker. Regardless, minus 27 is egregious. Tatum had 30 against the Nets. He had like a minus 32, though. Tatum has those games where he just stinks. Now, moving on to potential NBA trade, blockbuster trades. Damian Lillard is the first guy on that list. And I have five best landing spots for him. This is in order. Philly, Golden State, Knicks, Celtics, and Pelicans. Wait, wait, wait. This is for Dame? Dame. That's for Dame. Golden State. This is a fantasy situation. He goes to Golden State. We see the greatest. I I have two. I'd be nuts. I had two. What, what was your list again? Philly. Philly, Golden State, Knicks, Celtics, Pelicans. All right. That was terrible. Where's LA? Oh, Got to stop. How, how are they going to trade for Dame? I, I have a package, but go ahead. Um, I have two. Uh, Miami and the Knicks. Okay. No, I, I, no Philly? <sighs> no. I feel like Philly has the most right now to I go think get Philly, him. I think Philly, if they were to get Dame... They are a real legitimate contender. I agree. But I think the same with Miami. And I think, like, the way Dame is as really? a person, 
And I don't think he would ever go to L.A. Being if he stands on what he says, I'm just going to what he says. I don't. He never was built about but if that it's super a trade. Team. It's, it's not a trade. really. Yeah. yeah. But I think Portland's going to do right by him. I think Portland's Portland, going to get the best. If trade Portland package, does right by but him, but the Lakers won't have the, the Lakers won't have the best trade package. So listen to this. You want to hear the package I have for the Lakers or yes, irrelevant? Sucks. All right. So I said sign and trade with Dennis because obviously they're going to want someone of value in that sense. So you need to re-sign Dennis. You put him on the trade block. Caruso, Kuz, THT, KCP, and whatever picks we have remaining. Like I said. I don't think they can trade first-round picks because of the Stephen uh, rule. Really? No, you can't trade back-to-back. They can trade like a 2024 pick. So, I mean, we're giving away a bunch of... You said Kuz, yeah. So it's sign and trade Dennis. That's a horrible trade. Yeah, no, I agree. So why did you say? Well, so he's not going to LA. It's the worst package. Gotta throw my boys in there. You never know. <laughs> the, the Lakers should not be in a conversation to trade for Dame. Why do you say that though? Because the trade package. package oh, it's not good. Hor- oh, it's not yeah, good. Definitely. You can't <laughs> trade for. Oh, he I'm wants Dame so bad. Oh, of course, but I this is the best these, trade package I could come up with. These are good trade packages. I think I, I have a couple, and this for each team, right? Uh, that I mentioned. First of all, I want to make it known that Yusuf Nurkic also said that he'd leave Portland, Portland if Dame leaves. I thought that was Cantor. Wow, Nurkic said that? I literally sent the screenshot. I thought it was Cantor, though. My you best. didn't read it? I thought it was Cantor. First trade package, 76ers. They trade Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, and future first-round picks for Damian Lillard. The Warriors, they trade Wiggins, Wiseman, the 7th and 14th pick. For Damian Lillard. I think you need more to get Dan. New York Knicks trade picks 19. Hold on, I listen to them all. Mm-hmm. Knicks trade. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you ruined my train of thought. Sorry, bro. New York Knicks trade picks 19 and 21 along with Randall or RJ. So one of those two and maybe throw in top in for Damian Lillard. Or maybe you don't have to trade Randall or RJ and you trade picks 19 and 21 and you trade quickly top in and another young player like maybe Mitch. And look, Celtics, they can only trade for Dame if they either involve Jalen Brown or Al Horford, along with young players they have. So I don't think they're trading Jalen Brown. So I think it would be Al Horford, Aaron Neesmith, Payne Pritchard, Romeo Langford. Yeah, I'd rather maybe Robert package. Williams and a bunch of first round picks. And the Pelicans, the only way they can make a trade work for Dame is if they trade Brandon Ingram with picks. But if they don't want to give up Ingram, they would have to trade Alonzo, Killian Hayes, Kara Lewis, Josh Hart, and Akil Alexander-Walker for Damian Lillard. How does the money fill up to that? I did it all in the trade machine. It works. Oh, okay. All of these work in the trade machine. All right. Look, a couple questions. I'm going to start with Boston. Boston has had two ball-dominant point guards over the past three, four years, right? Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker. It didn't work especially with their two wings. Do you really think putting Dame in that situation who's similar to Kyrie Irving would work? Do you think that's what they need? I think it is because Dame, for one, he offers a leadership Kyrie doesn't offer. Right. And I think he'll adjust to playing with Brown and Tatum. Kemba Walker injuries just really derailed how his career went. And now he's not the same player he was in Charlotte. Dame is not that. So I I think it does work in Boston and having a big three of Dame, Brown and Tatum, it would be phenomenal. I think that would be next level stuff. And Ime Adoka, who I think I'm pretty high on as a head coach, I think it could work. I'm fine. I think, you know, even though Kyrie didn't work, there are reasons. I think Kyrie is 
what he is in Brooklyn. More of a two guard, not much of a playmaker. I think Dame can be a playmaker. If he needs to not shoot that much, he will, and he'll take on that type of role. Hmm. Okay. And we know that he's a performer. He's a high level crunch time performer. But the package you you listed out, it's like you said that that it wasn't ended up a working. good package. That, I'm and I wasn't being I wasn't joking when I said this. The, the Lakers package is better than I don't know about it's that. It's not better. What did you What did you name there? You didn't you name a lot of scrubs. You didn't you? Did you say smart? I didn't say smart. It's like he has I'll be to honest, go. Pan Pritchard is better than Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder, I don't think Portland wants him. My point being, it's like because you're he, at he least getting their... somewhat talent or, P, or players that Dennis Schroeder or Al, Al Horford right now. You don't want neither of them guys. Exactly, I agree. You don't, but if you if Dame leaves, Nurkic said he wants out, so you got to fill that center spot somehow. But I mentioned Robert Can't Williams. Turn. Robert Williams could fill that center spot for Portland. You get Aaron Neesmith and Pan Pritchard with picks. All right, so that trade sucks. It does. I, I don't yeah. think Boston will trade yeah. for Dan because not, my Lakers trade. Let's dead that. Oh, it's one. not good. It's not good. Oh, listen, I'm I'm on record. It's not good. The Philly trade though, I had something pretty similar. I have Ben Simmons, either Maxi or Thibel. It's like one or the two have to go. But if I'm trading Ma- if I'm trying to hold on to Thibel, I put Maxi and Corkmaz with picks. But I feel like you add Corkmaz, that might be a little bit too much. So if you if you would just do Ben Simmons, Thibel picks, I feel like that would be fine. I got one. This one's kind of funny, though. <laughs> this is a Miami uh, package. Tyler Hero, Trevor Reza, Andre Iguodala, Kendrick Nunn, 2024 pick, 2023 second round, and 2024, pardon me, 2024 first and second, and 2023 second round pick. I feel like a bunch of picks are going to go in a trade wherever Lillard goes. Yeah, I don't really want to get into the specifics of yeah, the picks yeah, because it's hard. it's hard. Whatever it is going to be, it's going to be like it's three going to or four. be a lot of Definitely. picks. But it's I, like you I really, look at Drew, you look at AD. so your package is pretty much Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn for Dame. Yeah, because much. those old guys are because the reasons are filling. No, those guys are yeah, fillings. But I think Tyler Hero, you know, you, you still get a young guy who's very promising and a guy who can put the ball in the basket. He's a really good shooter. With the Lakers, you don't offer the THT is good, but I feel like. The people who are that much high on him are Lakers fans. I don't think everybody's as high as he is. And with you, a lot of Boston's young guys haven't been developed in the right way that they need to be, except Pritchard. Neesmith was coming into his own, but I think those guys are a little bit behind as opposed to Tyler Harrow. Let me ask you guys a question. Right now, the Knicks are in a kind of a weird predicament to where they want to be more than a first-round exit team next season, but they also have a good young core and future. If you're the Knicks, would you trade picks 19 and 21 along with R.J. Barrett for Damian Lillard? I think you have to. My eyes closed. I think, for yeah, without a doubt. I think, you know, Dane being who he is, you know, I think he would love New York. I think New York would love him back. And I think pairing him with Julius Randle would be great because Julius Randle's established right now. I think, R.J., you're kind of like, as you're waiting for him to develop, you're kind of, you know, wasting Dame's Correct. time there. I think Randall being what he is right now, and, you know, you could try to keep quickly, but I think giving up those picks, even giving up a couple more, and R.J. Barrett, who's a young, promising star, I think that has to be the... I think that that would be the one Portland would probably accept because Randall's 26. And Randall's not a... I'm sorry, but Randall Randall's not a number one. And you bring in Dame, who definitely mm-hmm. takes over that number one role. You, and now he you can slide pro- to number two. 100%. If I'm being honest... If I'm the Knicks, I'm only trading R.J. Barrett if I have a commitment from Kawhi Leonard to come to New York and team up with Randall and Dame, and now the Knicks would have a big three of Kawhi, Dame, and Randall. That's the only way I'm trading R.J. 
to Portland for Dame. Even without the commitment from from Kawhi? Well, there goes that. Yeah, even without the commitment from Kawhi, you I'm not do doing it because I think there's a limited ceiling to that, to that to that Knicks roster. And how but old why is do Damian? you think 30? But what, what what makes you so high on the RJ Barrett team ceiling? Hold up. For one, RJ Barrett was 20 years old, averaging 17 points per game. He has the potential to average 24, 7, and 5 for in his prime. Guys like that don't grow on trees. Dame's prime is he's putting up 28, 7, and 4. And not getting anywhere with that Portland roster, which is better than the Knicks roster currently is. Because he's in the West. And if the Knicks were to trade RJ along with the pick picks 19 and 21. So you tell me... Excuse my lane. If you, How far, let me, if you switch Dame, right? Let's go back to that last post scene. You switch Dame for R.J. Barrett right now. You mean to tell me I couldn't beat Atlanta? We wouldn't beat Philly. But you would beat who? Would you have beat Atlanta? Maybe. Because Trey Young probably would have had yeah, the but same RJ impact Barrett pl- as Dame. R.J. Barrett played horrible yeah, against Atlanta. Bad. Horrible. So did Julius Randle, the second option. But Dame Atlanta wasn't going to play horrible. Exactly. And Dame relieved so much pressure off Julius. Here's the thing. He would, at least. A team... With Dame, Randall, Mitchell, and who else is on the team that we can we we can really rely on for the Knicks? I mean, you still not have a cap, guy. though, correct? If you bring in Dame, if we bring in Dame, that's a max contract on our cap. So you'll have one more max. No, because Randall is getting paid twenty million dollars mm. and might command another contract. That's yep. why if Kawhi were to come to New York, he has to take. But a pay to cut. be fair, though, if you because you bring in Dame, you bring in an already established star, so which means it'll set you up for the next big star off season to where you can use that pitch. Well, we have Dame here. Come play with Dame instead of having the pitch of we have Randall and RJ. Yeah. If, okay. Randall, if Randall gets a contract extension before this upcoming season is going to happen next season, we won't have that other cap, max cap slot. I'm saying yes, but I'm saying now with Dame, you have an established star where you can use that in your conversation as opposed this to using Randall and difference. RJ. This is the difference. With Randall, if we don't extend him now, he might take that as an insult. That's and fine. Then, and then next offseason, the star-studded offseason, Randall might say, look, I don't want to come back to, back to New York because I felt disrespected. A team with Dame and another established star I don't think can get you to the finals. I just don't think it can. For me right now, like, look, I think the Knicks sh- should try avoiding trading RJ and Randall. If I were the Knicks, I'd, tr- I'd tell Portland, look, I'll trade you picks 19 21, Mitchell Robinson, quickly, and OB. Bro, you got to sound like Miami that, right now. But does that get you Damian Lillard? It's like you need something of worth to get you a Who's top the people you 10 just said? player. Quickly, Mitch, and OB. It's not enough. It isn't. It's not enough. Like... Because even you look, guys look know, at the Harden you know, you, know they, you know what they sound like? Miami, when they were yeah, trying exactly. to get Harden. They're exactly. holding on to Tyler Hero for dear life. That's, what That's exactly if what you guys sound like. We have good young players. Mitchell Robinson is a defensive player. But presence. he's been hurt how how many times? This is actually the first year he's really been hurt like His that. game is kind of like, it's going to take some time for him to really develop an offensive Easier. game. One thing I'll say. So you look at the last two superstars that have been traded. You look at Harden. Levert is better than the players that you just named. Jared Allen, who knows? He's, he's got he's high better stand. than Mitch. Anthony Davis. It's close. It's really close. You don't act like it's not close. But he's better than Mitch. Well, Mitch <laughs> didn't, he barely played last year. So you look at the Anthony Davis trade. Lonzo went. Brandon Ingram went. So it's like, obviously, I'm taking both those players the, over You want to know what's the difference between that? Is that when Anthony Davis was on the trade block, there were multiple teams that were able to trade star players. Mm-hmm. You had the Lakers who could trade Brandon Ingram with Lonzo. At the time, we viewed them as potential stars. Yep. You had the Celtics who could trade Jalen Brown. So there okay. was a competition between who had the best package. 
right now you look at the teams that can offer Portland a trade. Miami the and be- Philly. The it's best Philly player, the best players in those trades are Ben Simmons and R.J. Barrett. Right. So True. you don't have to offer too much to to outbid a team. Right at now, the same I agree. time, though, Ben point. Simmons and Tyrese Maxey are a better package than what you named without RJ and Randall. And same with Miami. Tyler Harrow is better than those guys you it named. It depends. It depends. Because Ben Simmons, this past season, he, this is the lowest value he's ever going to have probably. Correct. Agreed. But he's and still, he might. Right. And currently, at this stage in Ben Simmons' career, right. where we've seen he's not been developing, I'm not betting Ben Simmons. I'm not betting on Ben Simmons to be better than RJ Barrett. I'm not. RJ Barrett's gonna be better than Ben Simmons. <laughs> you don't think so? I can't comment. You don't I, think so? I really, yo. I after what I like, you're saying Ben's stock is dropped, but we've seen RJ in the playoffs and, and at it's 20 like, years old. He's gonna, 20 years so we're old. Play the, we're gonna play the like, age card. He's 20. I'm just saying he's really young. This was his first playoffs, and he played extremely bad. Bad, like bad. Like we looked at him as like ah. And he was bad, no doubt about it. But he's only 20 years old. Well, he's Listen, 21. I, I like RJ for the future, but. It's high praise. Listen, I can't talk on Ben because I don't think it's high I have praise. A I think Ben is is what he is. I'm saying high praise on RJ. I mean, I I've on the previous on previous pods, I've said that I take OG and Anobi over Ben Simmons. You said it too that you take OG over Ben. OG's better than RJ though. No, no, he's not. <laughs> RJ's better than OG. Yes, he is. <laughs> you think OG's better than RJ? Yo, what do you think RJ is? So <laughs> RJ's better than Ben right now. <laughs> That's close. So, Wait, that's it's like close. you got you just, it. Yeah, wait, wait. Yo, you the, just said OG's the, better than Ben. No, the transitive but property. Ben bro. is this is the thing. Ben and RJ no, close. No, there's a difference. The reason I take OG over Ben is because I think OG fits better on more teams. I know that OG with OG I'm getting elite defense and a forty percent three point shooter. What are you getting with RJ? I'm getting great defense with RJ, and I'm getting a guy who last season shot the three at forty percent. Four attempts and in the playoffs, what did he? How, what did oh, I'll tell you right now. To? They're right here. Uh, Twenty-eight. Oh my god. Thirty-eight percent from the field. Fourteen points a game. And what did OG average in the playoffs? Has he ever been in, in the playoffs? Yes. With Toronto, LeBron was hit the hurt. game runner in his face. You don't remember that? Yeah, I know. But OG's not a great playoff performer either. He's not some crazy guy in the playoffs. Yeah, but you're making it seem like RJ. Uh, it's RJ. Your RJ love is getting out of here. I mean, RJ, bro. RJ's in a second year in the league. You're expecting him to be an established star by now. It takes players at least three to four seasons to be what we think they're going to be. In the okay. championship year, he had he averaged 10.5 in the playoffs, uh, 4.5 rebounds. Excuse me. Uh, 6.41%. Barrett can literally eight. R.J. Barrett can literally average 20-plus points per game next season. I'm expecting him to average that. I agree. He can jump up to 22 points per game. And make his first all-star team next year. And this conversation is deaded already. <laughs> because I'll, you guys, you 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 are just a disrespectful person towards RJ. I mean, you thought oh. Cam Rush was going to be better than him. He's not going to be better than RJ. That was RJ. two years ago. I mean, yeah. But, but you've never been high on RJ, so it's not uncommon for you to try to disrespect Well, no, you're, RJ. You're, you're just a little too... You're just trying to hold on, hold to him for dear life when you have Dame on the table. All I want to say No, I'm, is, I'm just... This is the thing. You're giving if up guys Knicks, like Quickly, Toppin, and Mitch. What? Yeah, it's just this not a thing. For Dame? Quickly is really good. But Toppin? It's not going to get Dame. This is what I'm going to say. Toppin. <laughs> the reason why, if I'm the Knicks, I'm not quick to pull the trigger is because... If you plug in Dame to this Knicks roster, they're not a championship contender. Okay, let me And in okay. this window, in this window right now, they're not a championship contender. Don't even make that face. 
I'm just trying to think. You get Dame and Randall together. Dame and Randall is not beating Kyrie, Harden, no, and Kyrie. No, no. They're not. R.J. No Barrett no and Julius Randall didn't exactly. even beat Trey yes, Young. Exactly. But we're not expecting the Knicks to do that because they have one you of the picked, youngest rosters oh, in the NBA. You guys, you expected the I, Knicks to win. I picked no, the Knicks I did. I'm not saying that I didn't. But I'm you just saying said that we're not expecting. But I'm, but I'm just saying that to win a we've seen what oh. Atlanta has been in that first round. Atlanta was still a mysterious team, right. but now we've seen them beat the Knicks. But what was really impressive is seeing them beat the the Sixers. So we've seen, wow, Atlanta is actually really like legit. Mm-hmm. There were question marks about them coming into the playoffs. We weren't that sure. The Knicks are not a player away, or not a star player away from competing for a championship. We're not even sure if Randall can be a true number two totally. because we don't know if his game is going to fit next to Dame. Right now, the Knicks are one of the youngest teams in the NBA. Trading for a guy who is not going to get you to a championship in right now, a league that that window features Giannis with Drew and Middleton, which they're still going to be a fixture next season, yep. which features the Nets in their big three, which they're going to still be a super team next year. Why try to go all in and win next season when you're not going to have a better roster than these teams at the top of the East? It doesn't make sense. So why trade a guy who's 20 years old in his second season who has been improving, who I expect to make a big jump next year for a guy who's not going to get you past the second round, maybe not the first, depending on the matchup. Listen, I'm, I'm with you there, but then at that point, don't trade for Dame at all. Because at that you're not going to get Dame without RJ. So I would, at that point, this don't. Thing. If, wait, wait, wait. I don't. If I don't have to give up RJ, I will so trade So then wait, let me Dame. ask you a question. What is a Dame-RJ-Randall trio going to do? Yeah, Better than a Dame-Randall trio. I mean, better your than second a second round exit. Better than a dame Randall Dame, duo. RJ and Randall is a second round exit. The same as Dame and Randall or Dame. It's really, it's a second round depending on who you play, regardless. And at least you went around, which is what the Knicks this is, need. This is the difference. With Dame, RJ, and Randall, I have Dame and Randall who, well, Dame is an established star. Randall had a season where he was that. We're not sure if he can continue to do that. Then you have a guy in RJ who I think is going to establish himself as a star within the next two seasons. The beauty in that is that next offseason, not this one, but next offseason, you can offload Randall's contract and maybe keep him and then sign another star or keep Randall and bring another really great Did player I not in. Say that? But that doesn't feature RJ Barrett. But you're banking uh, I'm not banking on RJ. I'm banking on I'm banking on what I've seen from RJ, which is a steady improvement. You've seen a steady improvement and then walk into a playoffs in a complete decline. So you're gonna you're gonna you're going to knock him for a five-game sample size versus what he showed this entire season. Listen, and I'm not trying to say that he should be on Trey Young's level, but Trey Young is 22. This is his first playoff Even experience. Trey Young, Trey Young is gen- generational. So what He's about DeAndre phenomenal. Hunter? DeAndre Hunter. They, this was both their first playoffs. Hunter was good, but you also have to realize that what do I have to realize? Hunter is playing with the point guard and Trey Young who makes the game easier for everybody else. If the Knicks, for example... Derrick Rose didn't outshine more Derrick than Derrick Rose is a scorer, but I don't think he's he's that. Like, he's what Trey Young is as a playmaker. Of no course. way. Of course. For example, if the Knicks had a guy... Like, if we traded for Chris Paul, we would have been a second-round team. We would have... Like, the shots Chris Paul would have gotten for Randall and RJ and the guys we had, we would have been a much better team. So, wait... We don't Chris have a point guard right now. Wait, wait. Bro. So Chris Paul makes you a second round team, but Dame is a maybe. That's what you said. Dame without RJ and just Randall? Yes. No, no. So question, no, CP3 no. without RJ. It's just Randall. second round team? No, we are first round exit. I, you'd ha- you have to say that 100%. Uh-huh. I, I, 
with your with the point you're making, you're that's a re- yeah. Correct. We're still the first yep. round exit. I don't think the Knicks. You just plug and play CP with Randall and no RJ can beat the Hawks. I don't what know, do, man, because like, there's been what, some games where you needed RJ no, to I'm, hit some I'm, shots I'm and really you guys could have won I'm the game. I'm trying to figure out what plugging out RJ and plugging in Chris Paul makes you not beat the Hawks. He didn't do anything against yeah, the Hawks. He was bad. To make you say that. Like, he didn't do anything. You, but the real player that was expected to perform was Randall because he was the all-star. Yeah. And he played worse than RJ. Yes, he did. With the yes, both he of them. Yeah. played the same level. Yeah. I mean, at least at least he was getting in the twenties points per game. I mean, that's because Randall is going to demand the ball. Mm-hmm. He was the first option. Mm-hmm. He's been that that's all true. season. Very true. That's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just saying, RJ is 20 years old. If I have to part, like I like I mentioned earlier, if I have to part ways with RJ, I'm only doing it if I get a commitment out of Kawhi and get that big three of Kawhi, Dame, and Randall. Other than that, I'm not parting ways with RJ. I'm not parting ways with our young assets for the future. Right right now, I still think the Knicks need to keep rebuilding on this young team. The Nets got lucky that the year that they were good and, and uh, stable, mm-hmm. it was a star-studded free agents, free agents class, and Durant and Kyrie just so happened to want to go to Brooklyn. They got lucky. The Knicks are not in that position. If you force something, it's going to be the Carmelo Anthony era all over again yep. and where we're going to have one great year and then we're just going to fizzle out and go through another rebuilding process when we already have all the pieces here. Our future features Randall, Mitch, Quickly, Obi. We, we have two first-round picks in this draft. We can build on that young core. Why ruin it all for Dame and he's not going to get us over the top because the East is, is filled with some great teams right now and we're just not going to compete against that right now. Just doesn't That's make true, sense. true, but doesn't make sense. At the same time, missing out on the star because you want to keep a young core, and then there's there's still a possibility of you fizzling out on that same big draft and not getting anybody. Teams, teams go for that big star when they know yeah, our championship, championship window yep. is now, and we're one guy away from that championship window. Very true. That's why Brooklyn went out and got Harden to put them even more over top. That's why Miami has been clamoring and drooling at the bits to get a star. That's why Boston is always in those trade conversations because we know Boston is one, one star away. away from Brown with Brown and Tatum. Yep. Philly, same thing. Exactly. They're one star away. The Knicks are not one star away, which is why you don't mortgage everything to get a guy who's not going to put you over you the top. I agree, you shouldn't even at jump that in, point, yeah, exactly. The Knicks the shouldn't even be involved then. I, feel, I understand throwing the Knicks in if RJ's involved. But if you're not trying to throw RJ in there, there's no or reason even to Randall, even bring them honestly. up. Honestly, if you're not exactly. going to throw one of those guys one of in, the two, Miami. I would rather throw in Randall. Yeah, Miami RJ. and Philly clearly have the better trade packages. I agree with that statement actually too. I would rather to throw in Randall than RJ because then you can still get so two. Young. You can still get two max contract guys with RJ, and, and you still deal. bring the idea of Zion potentially coming to to New York with trying to team up with RJ too. So that's but I know for a fact term, one of them has to go for. Damn, to come to New you York. can't you can't yeah. get a deal done without one of them. But I'll say this: I think the Golden State Warriors actually have the best trade package for Dame. What was, what was your package? Wiggins, Wiseman. Did you think that would work? Wiggins, Wiseman, and the both and both lottery picks. Steph, Dame in the backcourt with Clay. Portland, Portland gets insane. Portland gets a young center in Wiseman who has a ton of potential. They get two lottery picks to ex- accelerate that rebuilding process. I think that's the best deal for them. Because with Philly, over the Philly, because with Philly, Ben Simmons has the talent, but of course, at this point, he has he has not shown shown the ability 
to be confident in his shot or to get better. And because of that, Portland getting Ben is not really rebuilding. It's kind of trying to be stuck in the middle. Tyrese Maxey is actually, I think, the prize in that trade if they were to trade for uh, for Ben Simmons. Because Tyrese Maxey, I think, can be a 15 to 20 point per game scorer. And then it's just the picks. But Philly probably won't have high draft picks if Damon and Beat are leading the way. So I think the best, their best bet is getting that Golden State package. Is Golden having, State even in the talks? I mean, they've said they, they're interested in Dame, but you get Wiggins, Wiseman on a team with CJ, still have Covington, get the seventh pick, maybe draft a Davion Mitchell or Moody, Scotty Barnes. Say, you missed that point guard, but yeah, you're right. Because you'd be getting that seven and, and 14, right? That's what their second pick is, 14. Yeah. They'd definitely get a point guard then. Would, you got to start his uh, development because Nurkic is gone. For real. And it help him develop faster. Yeah, true. So I think that the, war, the Warriors to me have the I best trade package. I don't hate that package actually. I don't. I just don't think the Warriors go for it. Correct. I don't think so either. Ben Simmons has been involved in a lot of trade packages, and quite honestly, there really hasn't been a lot of buzz <laughs> from other teams that have been interested in Ben Simmons. But there has been one team that there are reports that they badly want to trade for Ben Simmons, and, and that's the Minnesota Timberwolves. It has been reported that the Minnesota Timberwolves badly want to trade for Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is best friends with D'Angelo Russell. I'm not sure if he's best friends with Cat. They're cool. They're very they're cool. cool. But D'Lo is best friends together. with Cat. So I think Timberwolves fans right now are, are kind of dreaming of this scenario where they have Simmons, D'Lo, and Cat. And I have a trade package. Let me know what you guys think about it. Go with these trade I have two trade packages for you. Ricky Rubio, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Jared Culver, and Jared Culver and Leandro Bolmero for Simmons. The other trade package would be Rubio, Malik Beasley, and Jared Culver for Simmons. I think the second one has to be Malik Beasley Malik has Beasley to be because I know Anthony's not going anywhere, and I think Beasley they're gonna they want to they're gonna want to need a score. Beasley has to be in that trade. How and good that can shoot? How good do you think this team would be? This hypothetical Timberwolves team would be Simmons, Russell, Edwards, Cat, and Let's just say Leandro Bolmero is there for or Hernan Gomez. No, um, um, the skinny kid, Daniels. Yeah, he McDaniels. was. He's played and Nazi's there still too. But Nazi is a is a is a Center. small ball of five. Is a five. Yeah. I'm saying he's coming off the bench, he's good too. Um, I think that team would be really good. You know, yeah, this I'm team awesome. when it was healthy was a pretty good team, and offensively they're competitive team. Yeah, offensively they're really explosive. I think Ben Simmons brings that defense. You know, you got shooters even. You can play five out because Cat is a really good shooter. The he best shooting big shooter. man in the league. Anthony Edwards, he's starting to find his own. So I think this team can definitely help. But the dysfunction in Minnesota is very weird. You know, this team gets hurt a lot. And this team's development process hasn't been great. They haven't been good in a long time. So, I, you know, a new environment would definitely help. But, you know, Ben Simmons going to play with his friends and being around people he played with. I think he played with D'Lo in high school, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Monverde, yeah. Monverde, they did. They did. That's yeah. cool. I think they want to chip together. They but, did. Um, you know, being around his friends could probably possibly bring back that motivation. You know, when you're around your friends who lift you up, it brings that confidence, motivation back. That yeah. confidence. So I think going here can definitely change the narrative. But like you said, I like your second uh, second package better than so the first with Beasley. In it. Okay, so Rubio, Beasley, and Culver. And it Simmons. fits the money. Yeah, Culver, you got to get him out of there. All of these work in the trade machine. I tried it. And I'll, <laughs> I'll be honest with you guys. I like the second trade package because... Not only do the Timberwolves get Simmons, they, they pair up Simmons with D'Lo and Cat, but Philly, you get a 
floor general point guard in Rubio, who has been improving his three-point shot every year in the league. He is not a good three-point shooter, but he's an average one. He's respectable, at least. Mm -hmm. Malik Beasley, who's a sniper. Danny Green is leaving the free agency, so you could fill in that shooting guard spot. And now Culver, he's just a young player, so you can have Rubio, Malik Beasley, Tobias Harris, and Bede, and I don't know who'd be that three. Matisse. Matisse would be that three. You'd probably have to start him now. That wouldn't be too bad. I think that would be pretty good for Philly. He'd be their Philly. primary defender. He's their best defender so anyways. One, one thing to say, Malik Beasley was suspended last season. He had something happen off the court. He pled guilty to a felony count. I can't read it right now. Okay. Well, Malik Beasley's a 20-point per game scorer. Oh, no, he's dirty. On the court, he's amazing, but he had some off-court issues. One okay. thing I will say, actually, Ben Simmons and Carl Anthony Towns, there's already talks of these two players not having to drive the the motivation to want to get better at basketball. And so Minnesota right now trading for a guy who already has those those is, or you know these these comments made about his character or same thing that Carlton Towns that Jimmy Butler constantly went in on on the Wolves for for lacking that that extra motivational, you know, that that motivation to to want to be good on both sides of the of the court. I, I just don't know if this is the best situation for not not just Ben, but also the 76ers. It's like the 76ers are right now in win now, and you're 100% right. You would get a, guy, a floor general and you get a sniper in Malik Beasley, but you lose a significant part of that that defensive core. And I'm not sure if Philly... If Philly's going to trade Ben Simmons, they, they want to upgrade, and it, want, it should be a drastic upgrade. They did. What do you mean by that? Malik Beasley's a drastic offensive upgrade. Oh, Rubio's for sure, a good defensive sure. player too, and not to mention they still have Matisse, who's lose, their best you defender. You lose the size, you lose the length, you lose the speed, and and Ben Simmons, and that's obviously a factor that a lot of people don't take into account when they talk about Ben Simmons leaving the Sixers. Let me ask you a question: If your cat and your girlfriend is Jordan Woods, would you care too much about basketball? That was me. He didn't care before Jordan Woods, though. Like, you know, like Listen, she is absolutely sexy. That being said, I would I wouldn't care too much about basketball. That's true. Yeah, I mean, and I'm getting paid. He's like, probably he's probably glad he's not in the playoffs. He's on vacation. With and he's right getting now. paid like 28 mil, bro. I guess, but I don't want to say that's loser talk. But like, that's that's loser talk. That's <laughs> yeah. loser talk. You said it. But what do you mean? I said it. You said it's loser talk. It is loser it's talk. Loser. I mean, like. I mean, he's you're been supposed that since to be. You were the number one pick overall. You had all this. Oh, whoa, whoa! He's a dog. He's amazing at basketball, oh, okay. but lacks drive. And then you pair him with another player who reportedly lacks drive. It's like that's the worst situation I could think of. I personally believe that Minnesota's problem is their coach. I was just about at, to le- say that. at least before. Fair I think enough. David Saunders didn't do. Oh, well, they had job. Tibbs. Tibbs was good, but he couldn't get the best out of them. And I think. Just the pieces on the roster didn't fit yeah. too well. I mean, Jimmy Wiggins, that's just the, the, the Antigua was the starting point guard, I believe, or Derrick Rose, one of those two. It was like switching back and yeah, forth. Yeah, pieces don't really, they didn't fit that well. Um, So, Chris, the paper looks nice. Chris Finch, I'm not sure what he's going to be yet, Uh, but all the reports I've read about him are that, you know, he's a highly respected coach. He won a G League championship team. He was part of Nick Nurse's coaching staff and, you know, Nick Nurse has spoken highly of him. So I think Chris Finch can be a good coach, but I think that's Minnesota's real problem. But there's no doubt that if Ben Simmons, D'Lo, and Cat team up, that is probably young, the young most too. the that's most really fashionable cool. team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I mean, just with that team would be on league fits a lot. With Cat, Simmons, and D'Lo, uh-huh. they'd probably win an award for best, best dressed. dressed in the NBA. Uh-huh. The best D-Lo, dressed trio easily. in the NBA. 
D'Lo's so swaggy, mm-hmm. man. Because Shay is over there in OKC, but he doesn't have a dress partner. Yeah, he's just him. Yeah, it's there. just him. Dolo. But I think with in Minnesota, Ben Simmons, Cat, and D'Lo would compete every single night for who's going to be best dressed. I think, but then know, what about the court? It's like, <laughs> what about the court? I mean, and like we didn't, and well. we didn't even mention Anthony Edwards uh, in, in the mention. Oh, he that comes to work. Because let's be honest, he, yeah, he's he going he to be a dog. The dog. Yeah, he comes to work. Obviously, but Carl D- Anthony whoa, whoa, Towns. Carl Anthony Towns, in my opinion, is the best player. Look, I, th- I think this would be awesome for Ben Simmons. This is why. Let's talk about basketball now because we kind of swayed. You but swayed. We I did sway. <laughs> I did sway. This is why. Ben Simmons in with with Philly. Even though Embiid is a phenomenal player, it wasn't a great fit because Embiid does his damage in the post. Even though he does catch his post entries at the three-point line for some reason, Embiid kind of clogs in that paint for Simmons. If you have D'Lo, who's a 40% three-point shooter, Cat, who's a 40% three-point shooter, Edwards, who didn't shoot the three-ball well... But he's he not a, shoot that. he's not a guy you're gonna leave open. Yep. And whoever that four is, I'm hoping it's Leandro Balmero because I have high hopes for him. And he's a European guy who I expect to be a good three point shooter because that's what I expect every European to be. <laughs> then Ben Simmons now has the floor extremely spaced out, yep. and now we can finally see Ben Simmons at his truest potential or try to reach that potential. Not only that, but also you have the pros of playing with Cad and D'Lo, who are your friends who are going to give you that confidence to tell you, bro, shoot the shot. You know, we want to see you succeed. So they're going to instill that confidence in Ben. And if Ben has that voice in his ear to tell him, do this, do that, yo, we got your back, I think Ben Simmons would thrive in that situation. I agree. You know, I think definitely, play, like I said, playing with your friends brings that confidence in you. know, they, they, they're there every day. They can help you, you know, get your game back. Definitely be in your ear. Be on you. Yo, bro, come on. And I think, you know, D'Lo and Cat have a chip on their shoulders. You know, D'Lo being to the playoffs once, same with Cat, you know, playing in Minnesota. They haven't really won much, and they haven't been healthy enough to even play with each other. So I think that's been eating at him alive, too. And seeing what they have in Anthony Edwards, I think, you know, Ben Simmons is only 25. 24. 24 years old. D'Lo's still about 24. Cat's young. Anthony, this is a young core group that can grow. None of them have hit their prime yet, and they're all under contract for about two, three more seasons. And this is the beauty of it as well. If you're Minnesota, Malik Beasley is a very good offensive player, but you don't need offense in Minnesota. You need defense. You need right. off, you need defense in Minnesota. Rubio, we know what he is. You could part ways with him. And Jared Culver has not been what I thought he was going to be entering the NBA. Minnesota does not have their first round pick. They don't have that seventh overall year, pick, yeah. which means that Minnesota has to find creative ways to get better and Ben Simmons' value right now is the lowest that it will ever be. So putting a trade package for Simmons will improve your roster drastically walking into next season. Definitely. You get that defense with Simmons, and hopefully these other guys can buy in on that end as well. But this is the only way for the Timberwolves to improve their roster. Their bench wouldn't be that good. You'd have Hernan Gomez, Lehman, Akogi, McLaughlin, Nas Reed, McDaniels. Nazi, it's feed not, him. It's not too bad, but they're young players. We have to see how they're going to be throughout the entire stretch of the season. Mm-hmm. But I think the only way for Minnesota to get drastically better or even a little better this upcoming season is trading for Ben Simmons. It's like, I feel like I, I that's a no-brainer, obviously, especially with the fact that you could get him for so cheap. It's just not even just thinking about it from the Timberwolves side. You look at it from the Sixers side, I'm, I'm just not a huge fan of parting ways with him after one series where he showed you where he could be at his absolute worst. And... 
It was a sure, crucial sure. moment, bro. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It definitely wasn't a great look on on not just the outlook of new, his, you, you his career. You get a new coach. Embiid has his MVP monster mm-hmm. year. Def. You're the number one seed in the yep. East. You have the perfect opportunity. You, you're looking on the other side of Milwaukee. Brooklyn is getting hurt. Milwaukee's yep. about to beat them. This is the best chance. To go you to have the, the best chance to beat Milwaukee. I don't even think it's about that. <clears throat> I think it's more about we've seen Simmons and Embiid. We've known for a while that their games don't fit, but Philly has kept trying to force the issue. And now we see now that they've lost because now his trade value is so low. I think it's more about knowing Ben Simmons just doesn't fit with Embiid. You need to surround Embiid with shooters. Yep. And Daryl Morey gets creative. But you creative, need to man. surround Ben with shooters. And as long as Embiid is there, that's why I, I like, don't think I like really the Timberwolves. You pick Embiid. Sure. You pick Embiid over Ben any day. Morey gets oh, of creative. Of course, of course. Yeah. Listen, that's a no-brainer because Embiid is so efficient scoring the basketball, and he is really good defensively. But like you mentioned, him on the Timberwolves would be absolutely perfect. D'Lo forty percent, Cat forty percent. You got Anthony Edwards, who's a very uh, you know, efficient. I wouldn't say efficient. The numbers he his rookie. Fi- he he could score the basketball multiple facets. So I definitely like the the upside of, of this this trade talk Ben coming to to the Timberwolves on a basketball level. But it just I I just I, I can't I can't let Ben go out like this with the Sixers, especially when you're not getting the capital that you thought that you or that the potential capital that you could have gotten trading him last season and getting a Harden. It's like he's 24 years old. He had one horrible playoff run. He's bound to make a mistake, especially this young into his career. I don't think it's about the run, though. I think it's more about he, the he's fit. Ha- no, this isn't his only horrible playoff run. He's had You say this, but past. like the year that they lost to Toronto to the bounce, it's they were one game away. They were one shot away from the season. ECF. He's getting cooked. But that team, it's like they. you said that Joel and Ben didn't work. It's They they easily could have made a championship run that year. Well, that was more Butler and Bede. That's debatable. No, it's not. It is debatable. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler even talked about on the JJ Reddick podcast that the 76ers started to hit their stride when Brett Brown took the ball out of Ben Simmons' hands and put it in and, Jimmy's hands. Said, Jimmy, you take over. I mean, that makes more sense. Jimmy's better on the offensive I, side I know, of the but basketball. Jimmy, Jimmy literally said that if I was Ben, I would have been mad because he completely took the ball out of Ben's hands. So it wasn't. And it wasn't Ben and Bede, it was Jimmy and Bede that got them to that point. Been that still now. Listen, even regardless of that, whether that's true or not, Ben still got his average 14, six assists, seven rebounds. I mean, I, I don't really want to go by the stats because you you look at this past playoff <laughs> runs, his stats were not bad. I mean, his stats were good, but it still went you, down. And like he, he averaged two less points, he averaged, he averaged almost three more assists, and he averaged. A point eight more rebounds. It's like, and his field, his shooting percentage is around the same, actually sixty two, sixty two. But his free throw percentage was twenty points less. That's what I'm saying, though, is that those numbers. Oh, those those numbers this past playoff series or series weren't bad. But we know what we watched, and in that same run versus Toronto, I know what I watched. It was Ben Simmons. He was a liability on that court. That's why I don't think... Even still, they almost won. Yeah, but I think in Philly, you have to find players who fit around Embiid. And people don't talk about this enough, but before Chris Paul in Phoenix led him to the second seed, Rubio is the one who jump-started that engine. Mm -hmm. He was the one that finally Phoenix got a competent point guard 
and they were a respectable team that would have been a playoff team had it not been for that eight suspension and Rubio also getting hurt along that season. They were hitting their stride with Rubio, with the floor general point guard. You put Rubio in Philly with Embiid, making the game easier for Embiid on that on those pick and rolls. He's also a good defender. You still have defense with Rubio, Thibel, and Embiid. I think it's good for both teams. But talking more about this offseason, the Dallas Mavericks, they need to make a splash move, right? Because Luka Doncic is a young superstar. He's probably going to be the best player in the league in a couple seasons, and this free agency class isn't so strong, but one name that has been linked to the Mavericks is DeMar DeRozan. Let's say hypothetically the Mavericks do sign DeMar DeRozan. Would that be a good or bad move? Um, I, uh, You know, and it's it's tough for me to say because I feel like DeMar DeRozan gets disrespected in the NBA. Like people forget he's still an all-star caliber player that can put up 25 points a game. He's actually improved. As a playmaker, you know, he's improved at his shot selection. He's improved on the defensive end. You know, he puts effort on that end. I think bringing him into Dallas, you know, creates a different look. You know, you get a guy who can get a bucket in the mid-range who's still a little bit behind in in times of the NBA. He doesn't really take many threes, but he's a guy that can ISO, can get his own bucket, can make plays for others, and create can create for himself, whether it be slashing to the basket or taking a mid-range jump shot. But playing the three for Luka, you know, spacing-wise, people are going to leave DeMar open. But I think bringing him another 20-point scorer, I think it's somebody that can take the ball out of his hand so everything won't be on him. I think that'll be good, you know, because you need that from for Luka because Luka has so much responsibilities on this team. I think he needs somebody who can go get a bucket or go can go get his own or can create for others on that team. So I think DeMar is more like a Band-Aid to a bigger problem. And I think it'll well be said. good for him in the in the short span, but I think in the long term success it won't be good at all. Very well said. I I'm <laughs> backpack exactly of what you said because in and for next season, it makes a lot of sense because you get you take some pressure off Luca. You Luca doesn't have to be so ball dominant like he was this year. You actually get a guy who could space the floor a little bit more for Luca. He can obviously create his own. But you look at the next year's free agency class and What's one more year of being patient with potentially the best player in the league on your squad at the age of 22 years old? I mean, you wait a little bit longer. What One more season of having Luka develop, even though, I mean, who? how much better can he really get? But you take one season of being not a, a true contender, being around the same that you were this year. Who knows? Maybe you surprise yourself like you, like you did this year, almost taking out the Clippers in the first round with a healthy Kawhi Leonard. You see what you guys can do next season without making a move for DeMar DeRozan. And then next year, where, where there's a big free agency clash, you go and you actually make a big splash on a big name. You bring in Kawhi to pair with a guy like Luka, that is unbelievable. We keep talking about this Kawhi. Uh, but Kawhi's a free agent, and if, if he doesn't get it done with the Clippers, he's gone. Well, he's not playing, so he can't get it done with anybody. I'm with you. And he why would he go to the team he beat? I don't know, just You play with Luka, it's pretty intriguing <laughs> what do you think i uh, think the i think the times in the nba where you don't join a team that you beat are long ago no it's not even about that form it's like why would i join a first round team well, you have luka Doncic, who has the ceiling of being the best player in the nba you pair that with a bunch of other good role players i'm assuming they keep tim hardaway jr that's true you know what i'm saying it's like 
Kawhi, KP, and Luka are good enough to make the finals and win. I agree, but yeah, they almost beat a team that is competing for a championship right now without their best player. I agree. I just don't see it. why would I? Why would he leave what he's in now? The team who's if they in don't it. win, if they don't win, well, Kawhi's gone. You think so? If they uh, don't well, win, he's gone. Correct. Demar is funny as hell, but Demar has become a player that is still really good, but that no no team wants. Because whatever team he's linked to signing, whether it's the Miami Heat, the Knicks, the Mavericks, whatever team it is, the fan bases of those teams go crazy. They say, no, we don't want DeMar. We don't want DeMar. Even though he's a productive player, but the reason they say that is because he's an old school player. He still averages 21. He averaged four rebounds. He had his career high in assists this past season with seven, but he shoots 26% from the three. What I like about DeMar, though, is that we know he's a great mid-range shooter. But also, he knows not to take threes. He takes one a game, which is different from Russell Westbrook, who is a bad shooter but takes every three he can lay his eyes on. Uh DeMar DeRozan, I don't think spacing would be such an issue with him on the Mavericks because, yeah, he's not a good three-point shooter, but spacing is only an issue if a player can't hit outside shots. DeMar can hit outside shots, just not past that three-point line. He takes one step towards that mid-range, he's money. So that's why I don't think it's such a problem. But a team of Luka, DeMar, Hardaway, Kleba, KP, with the supporting cast they have off the bench, I think that's not too bad. I don't know the ceiling of that team, but I saw a scenario that interested me a lot. And it was a scenario that the it was reported, I forgot who the reporter is, but the Mavericks are reported to try and reunite Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. And try to bring and and trade KP. So have Lowry, DeRozan, and Luca with whatever you get back for KP. And you have big three of Luca, Lowry, and DeMar. And we know that in Toronto, Lowry and DeMar were good to get to the ECF. They were just missing that one player to put them over the top. You add Luca to that Lowry and DeMar duo and now make that a trio, I think that's good enough to go to the championship. And I think Lowry actually is a better fit. Like, if we're just talking about if, like, the Mavericks can just get one player out of DeMar and Lowry, I think Lowry is the better fit. So I, agree. I would much rather get Lowry, Luka, and KP if I can only get one. But if I can reunite both of them, I would do it. I'm I'm not – um well, for yeah, I, I agree. I think Lowry is a great fit. Another guy who can, you know, control the game. Great ball handler. He's a good shooter. He's a good playmaker. He's also a really clutch player. I'm not – um I, I like that Lowry? Move. Yeah, clutch? Lowry. He has his moments, you know. Clutch? These past playoffs, he has been clutch. Bro, you saw him hit the side of the backboard. Come on, bro. That narrative is so dead. He deaded that a while ago. Clutch is strong. Okay, he has I'm his sorry, moments. Bro. I didn't mean to, to no, cut no, you no, off. No, no, it's okay. He has his moments. You like Ben Simmons. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, I like that move. But at the same time, I don't. I can't say they're going to go to the championship. Like, I don't think that put them over the top of DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry thing. Because, you know, we still got to see LeBron and them boys you still got to see what Kawhi is going to do. You still got the Warriors coming back for round two. You That's know, true. we still got Denver and getting them healthy. Phoenix, it looks like they're going to be around for us. So it's going to the West is in great shambles, I would say right now, because it's in a, it's in a big shamble, but it's great because we really even though LeBron is who he is, we don't know who is going to come out the West regardless. So I think next year's I think that team will definitely gear them to be in the right direction because DeMar is still a really good player, regardless of if people don't want him or not. He, like you said, he can step in and hit the mid-range. His mid-range is money. So Kyle Lowry is also really good, too. It's, it's going to be tough, though, because Kyle Lowry, 
He's older. That and there's gonna be teams recruit him. AK the LA teams out there are gonna be recruiting him and both of them. Those look like better spots. Well, not the Lakers. They suck. But those look like better spots than Dallas right now. So it's going to be a lot of eyes on Kyle Lowry. But I, and, you know, they have Ibaka and Kawhi, who, you know, he won a chip with. He shared that run with them. So it's going to be tough. But I think, you know, I agree with that. I like uh, Luke. I like Lowry, Luca, and DeMar. Right. I think Luca being off the ball a little bit and learning that way of the game is definitely going to help him. That's something he does need to improve on. When you said it, you don't know many flaws. I think being more of an off-ball player. For sure. I think that's something he should definitely improve on because it will help his game. Yeah. You know, for me, uh, fans and like myself, disrespect DeMar DeRozan. Do you no really? Sh- no, yeah, because I don't want him on the Knicks. I oh. Would, I would oh, but that's not disrespect, though, I don't think. But I, I, think, I think it is disrespect because DeMar is good, but you don't want him on your team. It And every fan base kind of hates the idea of a DeMar, DeMar DeRozan signing by their team. I'm actually very curious to know how front offices actually feel about Neymar. I would take him over out of port any day. It's just the fact that he can't shoot is probably unappealing to a lot of teams. Yeah, like I wonder how they feel. I wonder how Dallas still is three thinking ball. right the now. The thing is, he's still efficient. Oh, for sure. Regardless but of that. But that three-point three percentage, ball. it needs to be at least 30, 32. In Toronto, his highest attempted threes per game was three to four. Four. Three to four, three point six, and he shot thirty one percent from in a three. game. In, oh no, per game. Okay, and he shot 6. and he shot thirty one percent from. from yeah, he three. shoots about fourteen attempts from two point. So, but he's, you know, fifty one percent from there. So Jalen Brunson is also a guy who, uh, there a lot of teams are interested in trading for. The I like Knicks, him. He's a really the good Knicks backup. want to trade for Brunson, and I'm all for it. Yeah, definitely. Having Brunson as their point guard, I think he's a starting point guard in the NBA. No, he might he's be. He's really good. Especially he when Luka really doesn't really play, good. he takes over for them. Yeah, Brunson with RJ, Randall, Mitch. We're not worried. Oh, I promise you we're that's, not. That's, that's so not that is like, some, That is something nothing. that... It's really nothing. Bro, imagine that saying is that line. Yeah, like, it's really nothing, bro. I promise you, it's really nothing. It's really nothing. Nah, that's a really good team. I'm telling you I'm telling you, it's really nothing. It's really not what you think it is, bro. Like, it's so not that, bro. You got to chill out. Gotta I love Jalen Brunson as a player. No, no he's too, really man. good, but me you too. made it seem like that was like the next big trio. Like, no, bro, that is not that. It's a good player. Well, that's no Brunson. Oh my God, RJ Kawhi. Okay, Randall, now we're Mitch. now we're talking. Has, you add Kawhi. That, Kawhi's that, not going to New York. I don't know why you keep chill. saying that. Who knows? You guys are who really. Knows? I'm, tra- I'm telling you, don't sleep on Kawhi going to New York. I'm not. I'm, I'm sleeping. Not. Like I'm in my bed. Like, do you think he's staying Ace with the Clippers my for bed, the rest of his career? In my bed, AC on, fan blanket on, all, blanket <laughs> over my head, bro. I'm asleep, bro. Do you think he stays with the Clippers? Why would not he go to the topic. team that for just the rest got his career? smoked for out? The rest of his career, bro. You go to New York, you win a chip. He your legacy is different. They won't win a chip if he goes to New York. Who knows? Everywhere he goes, he's a contender. Wait, 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 wait. Everywhere he went to Toronto, but look at the team in Toronto. Regardless, the team in Toronto the was Clippers, OD. The Clippers, Clippers team was OD. He brought Paul George with him, and they already had squad. He's going over there to play with RJ Barrett and Julius Randle. Yeah, that's cool. I agree. It's not the most They're not better than the Bucks. Lineup. They're not better than the Nets. But Kawhi just brings. I don't know. A we can energy. build a good wall for Giannis, Mitch, Kawhi. Why? Randall, nah, that's a pretty yeah, good. That's back a pretty solid. That's a pretty solid. That's a pretty good. Back pretty solid. And what hurts you is that Middleton has taken a leap. Drew Holiday has been very efficient scoring the basketball these playoffs. I know we swayed a little bit off from the Mavericks, definitely, but I'll definitely. say I'll say this. I'm off the Mavericks topic, but I'll say this: <laughs> the Knicks are probably going to lose lose Nerlens Noel. 
Uh-huh. Oh, he's really good. I, I would draft Charles Bassey with the 21st pick. 6'11", big man, strong. Versatile. I would draft him. I think he's. A, I think he'll be a good defensive player. Why again. not Jer- Jeremiah? Robinson Earl with the first rounder. You don't. I, you don't think you use those two picks to try I, and move up? I like Villanova uh, players. They're smarter than most guys in the draft. I think we could get them with the that second coach rounder. Is really good. Yeah, they're they're, they're they're really smart. So I mm. think you know bringing him in. He played with Brunson. Yeah. So man, a team. What well, I think Charles Bassett would be a good Nerlens Noel replacement. And another team that is looking to replace one of their star players is. Cleveland, the Cavaliers want to, I mean, they have been in the news cycle again because they are looking at options of a Colin Sexton trade. And I don't know why Colin Sexton is always in the trade talks. This reminds me a lot of the Steph Curry, Monte Ellis dynamic back in the 2010s when they were contemplating which one to trade. And they went with the right choice because they traded Monte for Bogut. Bogut. For me, though, sure. I love Darius Garland, and I think he will be a better long-term player than Colin Sexton. But I think Colin Sexton is is really good. And the only way that I'm trading Sexton is if Jalen Green is there at three. But if Mobley's there at three and I draft him, for some reason, there's this fascination with Jared Allen. Like, we don't know the type of center he is already. He's a good center. He's not a great center. I think he he's a starter, but he's also that borderline starter backup center. If you get Evan Mobley, you have a lineup of Sexton, Garland, Okoro, Mobley, and Kevin Love if he plays. I mean, he hasn't played in the last couple of years. No, he's gone. It, it feels like he's always out the lineup. I, I don't know why they would trade Colin Sexton. It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why he's always in trade rumors. He's a good young player. And that's that's where I, I think I hit you guys up. I don't, I don't remember was it last night or this morning. I was very – because I think with them – putting Colin Sexton up for available, I think they're in belief that Jalen Green will be there at three. I think that would be the only reason that they would take, that they would trade Colin Sexton. He's improved in all parts of his game every season from the moment he started his rookie year. I remember the, you know, the narrative of him coming in was he couldn't really shoot the three ball. He's improved that in every year. He's become, really a, good three he's become a really prolific scorer. He's, he's still working on his playmaking, but I think him and Garland – as a scoring backcourt, is really good. They kind of remind me of Dame and CJ a lot in that small scoring backcourt. And I think they're, you know, I think they have a lot of potential. But I think, like I said, Colin Sexton being traded is a landmark that they think Jalen Green's going to be there at three. And I think if Jalen Green is there at three, I think trading Colin Sexton is manageable, you know, because you could possibly get another top 10 pick. But like, like you said, if Mobley is there at three, you take Mobley, obviously. But you keep Sexton. You know, Sexton is only 22 years old. You know, Jalen Green's going to be 20. So it's like, bro, you know, you have a two-guard. I, like I said, the only people who are fascinated with Jared Allen are Brooklyn Nets fans who still miss him and still love him. And Cavs fans. And weirdos yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who's if still a Cavs exist. fan. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Jared Allen is, like we said, a good starter, but can easily be a backup big He's honestly a more athletic DeAndre. I don't even know if he's that. He's really DeAndre Jordan in his prime. Maybe a little bit less. Ooh, maybe a little Jared, Jared Allen. Allen. Yeah, maybe a little bit less. Maybe a little bit more. We know what he's going to be. Evan Mobley is it's looking like a guy who can really be an elite center in this league. So, you know, you see him at three. You snip. You don't even do that. You trade Jared Allen. You trade Kevin Love. I think Jared Allen's contract is up anyways. So they might he have to pay him. fix the backbone of that defense because Garland and Sexton aren't good defenders. 
So you get whoa, whoa. Sexton. Sexton's are, he's pretty. He's athletic. just too small. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah that's why you know he's, he's mad not little. a good defender. <laughs> he's uh, mad little. That's why I think you know you have Mobley who can be that backbone of that defense with a curl. I think it would be pretty good. But what do you, I, I just thought about? I like curl. I just thought about this thought right now. If you're Cleveland and Green is not there at three, and I think that's a player they really want to get because. I think Cleveland is kind of dumb as a franchise, so I think they wouldn't take Mobley. They would take Kuminga. No, not even that. I think they would keep Allen and not want to take Mobley. What if they were to trade back to the fifth or sixth spot and draft Scotty Barnes? And you have you have Sexton, Garland, Okoro, Barnes, and Allen. What is your fascination with Scotty Barnes? Bro? I just think Scotty Barnes would be a glue Blue guy to what Cleveland well, has. Well, they, they definitely need a four because I think Kevin Love's time is done. So I missed that early part. Who who won at three then? It doesn't matter. It, like take Orlando, no, so Orlando one, two, or OKC so, would jump So them. it's obviously Cade. Who who won two there? Green? Green won two. Oh, yeah. so you're saying if they yeah. don't want Mobley, you think that they should trade yeah. back? Yeah. Scotty would be great there. I think those are one of the few teams, them, the Kings. You know, I think that's a great spot for them because they, they have a fill-in at four. You know, you get and him. He's an elite defender. You get him and Okora to fill your forward spots. Those are two guys who can really be elite defenders in mm. this NBA. And, you know, Barnes is a really good playmaker. You know, he's a good ball handler. So you bring in another guy because Colin Sexton, as great as he is offensively, he's not really a great playmaker and Garland's still trying to get that in so you bring in Scotty who doesn't need to score you know he can just be a filling guy kind of like a Draymond guy so I think that would be really good for them but who would they trade back though like what would they you know I mean they could trade back with Orlando or OKC maybe it would have to be Orlando okay what if they trade back with OKC Scotty Barnes is there but Cleveland also gets that 16th overall pick Mm, or they get that 18th they would probably have to need to get to 16th yeah and they get yo they can be you know set for the future like that the thing is, the shooting would be awful with Okoro, Allen, yeah, his jump Barnes. Shot is broke. I think Barnes, though, can can be a good shooter, though. Um, I like Barnes because I think he's more polished as a player. I think I told you before, I think he's better than Kaminga right now. And Cleveland, last year they took, they used their draft pick on a project in Okoro. I think using your draft picks on projects back-to-back years mm-hmm. isn't the smartest thing to do. I think Barnes is the more safe player than Kaminga, but Kaminga just has that Paul George. I could, I could just, I can see Cleveland doing something like that, like picking Kaminga because they've just been dumb in the draft for a long time. So I can see them trading back. Have they? Yeah, I think they're pretty good at drafting. I think so too. <sighs> That's the reason LeBron came back in the first place. I mean, Garland, Sexton. Well, Garland, people were iffy about Sexton. People were also iffy about, and Sexton was a in Okora. Middle. People were surprised about. Yeah, but Sexton and Garland have. Well, they out ended up. Yeah, they ended up panning out. I think, but I, I can see Cleveland trading back, and we saying, "Oh yeah, they're gonna go Barnes, and then they go Kaminga." In my opinion, I feel like you trade Sexton, you're just committing to another rebuild. What happens if LeBron they trade Sexton gone? for the second pick, though? Sexton in that third. Do they see? I wouldn't. If they do think that. Green is gonna be. If they think Green is that much better than. In your opinion? Do you think it makes sense to trade Sexton, who's already a twenty-four I think Green point would be per better. game? And the third pick overall. Because of his size. But and the third pick overall. You're going to have to throw that in. No way. They're going to ask for a pick. I feel like right now with Sexton's age, what he's doing right now, you don't need to throw in that third Taylor's, pick too. His size and his athleticism puts him over Colin. That's actually intriguing. That's actually intriguing because Houston gets Colin Sexton, who's a young player. And the third. And the third pick. And they can, they can draft Mobley. Yeah, and that'd be, be, so they would have Wall. A no-brainer. They would have Wall, Mobley, KPJ, Wood, and Mobley. Yeah, that's a that's no-brainer. That's not too bad. That's not too but bad. why would you do that? 
because you feel like Jalen. People think Jalen Green is generational, and if you if Cleveland is a franchise that thinks we think Green is the next, the next best thing. Why not trade a guy who we're not all too high on anyways in Colin Sexton? You know, we think he's just going to be a great scorer in the NBA, but we think Jalen Green's going to be game changer. Why not trade that in the third pick? And who knows? Up? Maybe Houston is in love with Mobley, and that's who they really want. Maybe just, all this green is just and all this they, great fascination to smoke And screen. if they Houston takes Mobley, which I think they might, then Cleveland can get green at three and then trade Sexton to get Barnes at five or six. But you don't think you can get more from trading Sexton than – right now, in my opinion, you're trading – Not much more. I think if you're getting the Why? second pick, you're he's, not getting you know, nothing I, more. I, I saw this His article. Shooting, he's so efficient. He's but it's the second pick in the draft. Agreed, but you have the third pick already too, and you're giving away your best player right now. This is the best player they've had since LeBron's been gone, and that's, that's not true. close. But they haven't went anywhere. Agreed, but it's not like they've done anything. Out. I mean, the the team as a roster is not built to make a playoff push Sexton right now. Sexton is is really a really good young player, but I think looking at, looking at his counting stats, you'll be more fascinated with him than you would actually watching his game. Like, because I think. De'Aaron Fox, He's a ball De'Aaron Fox is a guy who has similar numbers, but I think De'Aaron Fox actually impacts winning more than Sexton. But I read this article by John Bueller from Fansided, a good writer. He named these teams as potential trade options for Sexton. Houston was actually on it. So I'm guessing that's the trade they are exploring. Boston, That'd be something. Philly, Lakers, Knicks, and Boston. Spurs. I, I could see there. I could see the Knicks trading for him too. To Boston, picks. no. 76ers, uh, depends. I don't I don't, think so. I don't mind that either, actually. I, I mind that. Really? Yeah. You, have you watched Colin Sexton play? Yeah, he plays very well and he's hard also and a, tough. Like, he's a ball stopper. Like he has the ball. Like he's a very like like he said, Darren Fox impacts the game, even though they don't win much. You can tell when he's on the court. Mostly he's coaching. Imp- yeah, he's impacting the game though. With Sexton, it's like everything is like it's just like when you watch him play, you don't see winning mentality. Like you don't see winning basketball. You just see him counting he stats. He definitely had that against who, uh, Brooklyn, though. Who is oh, yeah, who is Colin good. Sexton yeah. passing the ball to to get theirs on? That's Cleveland. a good point. That's fair, but, but that's the same with De'Aaron Fox. Let bro. me ask you guys a question, though. And I, I'm listen. I think De'Aaron is a, is that's a who's De'Aaron Fox passing the ball. Let me, to. Let me ask you guys a question and the audience a question as well. Because I'm going to title this video something with Houston in it. Mm-hmm. So Houston fans see this potential trade. Um, if you're Houston, would you want Colin Sexton? Would you pass up on Jalen Green, go back to three, get Sexton, and draft Mobley? I think it depends on if how high. Because I, I can't speak for them, but in that office, how high are they on Evan Mobley? If they think he's going to be that generational big, then yeah, I'm okay with getting a guy who... Is going to put up the numbers, and he's still on a rookie deal. And they also have picks 23 and 24, so that exactly. could also be a fact. That and then you can probably stuff. flip Sexton if you really don't want him too much and get more picks down the line, you know what I'm saying? Maybe get the seventh pick, eighth pick, whatever, you know, however you want to splice or that. Or have a core of KPJ, Sexton, and Mobley, and Wood. And 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 Sexton's still on a rookie deal, so you still have time to Jay figure Sean that out. Tate, Kenyon Martin. Yeah, you still have time yeah. to figure that out. But I think like teams like Houston, teams like – Orlando, who's looking at getting Buck Knight, maybe might fall in love with Colin Sexton. You know, teams looking for a scorer might fall in love with the idea of Colin Sexton. So I think maybe Cleveland can flip it. Like you said, maybe trade back, get a Scotty Barnes, but still can get more picks down the road. I think Colin is worth a lottery pick. Because Green is basically a taller version of Sexton, even though I think he is more of a playmaker than Sexton. 
He yeah. passes the ball more. He has, he has more of a feel for his jump shot. Colin had to work on it. Jalen's is like there. Like I mean, he came into the league, Colin Sexton shot 40% from three. Yeah, but he he worked. like That was a work in progress on it. I agree. Well, that's what you want. I agree, yeah. but yeah. even still, I think, rookie season, 40%, that's firm. No, that's more great, than firm. Yeah, but I think the difference with Jalen is his is more like, you know, snatch back jump shot, yep, off yep, the dribble yep, jump yep, shot, yep. like this into a where, move jump is, shot. This is where I struggle with it a little bit. I struggle with Houston doing that only because people are questioning KPJ and yeah. Green's fit. KPJ and Sexton's fit is far worse. I mean, Sex like Green can play off the ball. Yeah, Sexton needs the ball. That's what, yeah. which would affect KPJ. That's what I was gonna. It's it's, it's going to be a tough thing. That's why I said maybe they could flip it. But Colin is definitely worth a lottery pick. You oh, know, for and, sure. and, and and and. I don't. I, I don't think OKC. I think OKC is off the table. I think with Kemba being there, Shaw being there, I don't think they want to mess that up. Agreed. I think that's off the table. I don't think Golden State would even jump into this conversation. I don't think that'd be interesting. It. Actually, ah, that'd be interesting. So, fun fact: right now we're recording the podcast during the Hawks Bucks game. Trey Young is out this game, but Atlanta leads the Bucks fifty-one to thirty-eight at halftime. Really? Yeah, they do lead them fifty-one to thirty-eight, Trey. and they're at Atlanta. Did, did Cam Reddish? They play? are at Atlanta. Yeah, they are at Atlanta. I'm not sure if you looking Reddish at Cam Reddish's stats right now. Nah. I'll check later because if you play like garbage, I don't want to know. So yesterday on Twitter, I saw a lot of this talk. It was, uh, I don't know if you guys uh, saw this too. You probably did. But Pascal Siakam was tre- trending on Twitter. The reason why is because John Hollinger from The Athletic, I believe, wrote that the Golden State Warriors are looking to make a splash move and trade James Wiseman for an established player. And basically the trade that popped up where John Hollinger in his article wrote that Pascal Siakam is a name to watch. And in order to trade Wiseman and the seventh overall pick to Toronto for Pascal, Wiggins would have to be in that deal to make the money work. And you're looking at Cam Reddish right now. He How much does he have? He has four points, bro. He has four he points. Has oh, my God. No, I'm just excited that he's in the game. That you're was really all I was excited All right, about. but let's listen up and let's let's talk about these Raptors and Warriors. Mock Giannis trade. has eight, so shut up. Let's talk about the Warriors and um, Raptors mock trade. So, if you're the Warriors or if you're the Raptors, are you doing this trade? Are you are you? If you're the Warriors, do you want Pascal Siakam? Are you willing to give up Wiggins, Wiseman, and the seventh pick? And if you're the Raptors, are you trading Pascal Siakam to the Warriors and getting back those assets? Well, if I'm the Raptors, absolutely. I think that would be a great steal on the Raptors' part. You know, getting what was it, the seventh pick, the fourteenth pick, Wiggins and Wiseman. I personally believe that if the Warriors if the Warriors were to trade Wiseman Wiggins to Toronto for Siakam, probably just the seventh. It would just be the seventh because oh, even, I think fourteenth. They would be they they would not want to even still. That's still that's still you get a guy much. you get a guy with Andrew Wiggins who we can all agree. I think he found himself last year in being that elite defender for the Golden State Warriors. You know, having a sub, subpar three point shooting. Finding his mid-range, I think he definitely improved, even though the numbers may not show it. Watching his game, you've seen improvement. You've seen that drive back in him. And then in Wiseman, you get a young guy, a promising guy, a mobile big, a guy who fits this NBA narrative, who can you can still work on his game. And I know everybody over here trusts Toronto's player development staff to work on his game. And then you get the seventh pick, where you can pick another player in Moses Moody. Maybe you can develop Keon Johnson, you know, or something to pair up with the fourth pick that you already have. So I think that'd be a steal in itself for Toronto on the Warriors end. That's that deal sucks. <laughs> that deal absolutely is terrible. 
because Andrew Wiggins has established himself as that he can be that third star, fourth star, wherever they want him to be for the Golden State Warriors. You're good, bro. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you're not sweating it's, it's that hot, like that. Man. It is it's hot. hot. You get why you got Wiseman who's who, who everybody likes to bash him, but he didn't play basketball for almost a year and had to learn of completely different system and go difficult one a too. Difficult ball spacing, ball movement, free flowing system in Golden State with a bunch of guys he does he never played with. So that was a difficult and he still played all right. I think he'll be much better. And you're losing your seventh pick where you can bring a smart guy in in a Moody or maybe a Davion Mitchell. And realistically, Scotty could fall. Realistic, he won't. But no, nah. just one more pick? I don't think he'll fall. Okay. But, you know, he okay. could fall. You never uh-huh. know. But realistically, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond. First of all, Steph and Draymond showed they still got it. They showed they're still geared up for another run. Klay, even if he... He'll he'll still be the shooter he's gonna be. He may not be defensively what he is, but he's still gonna be that knockdown forty percent three point shooter. Yeah. We know that. You got guys like Kevon Looney who knows role. He's a good defensive big. Toscano he found his role. He's a glue guy. You saw promise in Jordan Poole. He's that good bucket off the bench six man. He can score. You bring in level headed guys like Davion Mitchell, Corey Kisper, who's a knockdown shooter who also said he models his game after Klay Thompson, so he's going to understand the system walking in. He played for Gonzaga. That is a smart system. They know what they're doing. They're high-level IQ guys. I don't see the Warriors making a move for Pascal Siakam because I don't think, you know, he shot poorly from the three-point line. He kind of, you know, he he's a guy who, he's, a, he's just a weird player. In a system like that, I don't think he'll flow in it too much. And I think this team, being that, like he said, when Steph Curry was healthy, this was a fifth-seeded team, and even – put teams like the Lakers in trouble, put teams like the Clippers in trouble. They had some very competitive games at the end of the the year in the play-in. So I think this team really doesn't need to make a splash move. Just need to, you know, hit right on this draft, bring in some mid-level guys, and I think they'll be right back in the picture. Wow. Great job taking all my talking points. Cheers. (laughs) I'm sorry, bro. Took all my talking points. So then I'll talk for you, bro. I apologize. So – before hearing the trade package, I did like it for both sides. Of course you did. But then you hear what Golden State has to give, and then it's a no-brainer. Toronto wins this trade by far. So then to go to Golden State side, you look at what Pascal Siakam did when he had Kawhi Leonard on his squad, and he didn't have to be that number one option in Toronto. He was extremely efficient on that championship run. Without Pascal Siakam, they do not win a championship, and I will stand by that. He was amazing. He was amazing that postseason run. And even this year, as a number one, 21.4, 7.2 rebounds, r- around five assists over one steal a game. Obviously, that three-point percentage is 29.7, basically 30%. I don't hate that out of a big man, especially on the offense that that he's he would be running with, which is a, a predominantly shooting squad. You could live with 30% especially how I've seen him in the past be a, a, a definitely efficient number two option. I like the move, but for what they'd be giving up, it'd be way too much. You look at what Toronto would be doing there. You still have OG Ananobi at that small forward guard that Pascal played like the small forward power forward position all season. You have OG as a backup there. You have Chris Boucher, who the comment section told me religiously, he's not a five, he is a four. So <laughs> he is a power forward and he'd be filling in that role. And I think I that think offensively- I think the comment section will also tell you that Siakam did not play the three much, and it was OG was a starter. no for sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you there, but I'm just saying because no, I heard that he was a backup from you. Okay, like just now, so I don't know if you misspoke or like. No, no, I just okay. mean like he 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 he's the the hybrid the, the small forward power forward, and he's obviously more for, more so the power forward. But you, I'm just talking both positions. You have OG there, you have Boucher there. You'd be bringing in 
Andrew Wiggins, who could who plays the small forward. You'd be bringing in Wiseman, who could play the the four or five. Probably you'd have him playing the five since Boucher isn't a five. Wiseman is not playing the four. No, for sure, yeah. for sure. Uh, so and then you get the seventh pick, potentially the fourteenth pick, but like you mentioned, probably wouldn't happen. Toronto would be stealing from from Golden State to a degree and putting themselves in a, a great rebuild position, especially if they're going to be losing Lowry, especially if they're considering trading Siakam. They're setting themselves up nicely for the future. I disagree with you guys slightly. I think this is a bad trade for both sides. And, and the reason why is because, for one, for Golden State, like you mentioned but didn't mention, their model pre-Kevin Durant was strength in numbers. I think with Curry, they were as good. Their record percentage was as good was good enough to be the fifth seed in the West. They're bringing back Clay. You have two lottery picks. You have Wiseman, who could be healthy. Poole is also going to get better, and Wiggins also a year. I mean, two years in that system, going on his third, will be much better as well. I think that's good enough to compete in the West if those rookies come in right away and produce, and if they draft a Davion Mitchell, who's going to be twenty three when the season starts, and Corey Kispert who is mature beyond his years, then I think they'll be fine. With Toronto, though, this is a little bit weird because if you get Wiggins, you get Wiseman, the star, and you don't re-sign Lowry, the starting lineup would be Fred, Wiggins, OG, Boucher, Wiseman, which isn't too horrible. Mm-hmm. But I think that if Pascal gets traded... You have to blow the entire thing up. You have to try to find a third team that's going to take on Wiggins and not get him for yourself. You have to trade away Fred Van Vliet. Boucher is 28 years old. But I got got something for you guys right now. They have the fourth pick that we've said on this podcast. It could either be Suggs or Kaminga. I think you're going to say what I was about to ask you. If Toronto gets the 7th and 14th overall pick, is there a chance they can call Orlando and say hello we want to trade you seven and fourteen for five, and then they draft Suggs and Kaminga. I was gonna say Suggs and Barnes because you you brought up the fact that I don't think Wig. I think you know because like you said, Fred Wiggins, um, OG Pascal, and then Wiseman. We're assuming. Um, no, Siakam isn't there no more. Yeah, duh. So I I, I think. Scotty being initiating himself in there, they do draft him and then taking that four spot. I think that'll be wonderful for him. Honestly, I was going to ask you, what do you what do you think about them taking Scotty at four or maybe calling in and getting that fifth pick and taking Suggs and Scotty? I think that'd be a great draft. Yeah, I agree. And even oh, if man. they even Giannis, if Giannis might be out right now. Oh, wow. But uh, let's, Sorry, let's finish this up. Sorry, you got him. Yeah, yeah, bro. Oh, my God. This is the thing, right? So let's say Suggs gets drafted. I would assume Fred gets traded. Mm. But let's say he doesn't get traded. Right. I think Wiggins gets. Yeah, let's say Wiggins gets dealt. You know, if this was 2015, Raptors fans would be drooling over <laughs> Wiggins being their star player because of that Canadian connection. But we know who he is now. Let's say Wiggins gets shipped off to a third team. The Raptors would have a starting lineup of Suggs, Van Vliet, OG, Kaminga, or Barnes, and Wiseman. And off the bench, Boucher. We're f- totally forgetting about Gary Trent, who could come back. Very Malachi true. Flynn. Sign him. Malachi Flynn. Like, I don't think that would be too bad, but I'm not sure. Then again, because, you know, it depends. Because right now, Toronto's in a tough position. Do you want to keep Siakam and hopefully at that fourth pick, get that franchise-changing player? In Suggs or Kaminga, like I think Suggs is a floor general. 
I don't think he's franchise changing. Kaminga has that potential, but then again, he's really raw. Toronto and Masai Ujiri might be watching this team right now and saying, we don't really have many ways to get to championship contention. Mm -hmm. So the best way would to would be to trade Siakam, get pick seven and 14, get a really young player in Wiseman and package seven and 14, four, five, and get two of the top five players in what this about, draft. What about this? Four, seven, 14 for one. I don't think they do that. I, I, I think Kate is... Yeah, Kate is no locked way. in at one. Because what Detroit keeps saying is we're looking at every trade. So I'm saying based off what they're saying, what a 4, 7, 14, and maybe even throw in next year for that number one pick. I really don't think they, they do that. I don't I, think, I think, Kate, the way, I think Kate is just different. But the way they're talking about it is if Detroit's going to, oh, we might trade this, we might trade it that. It would be so dumb to do that. That'd be crazy. It would be crazy, though. It would, but I, I think, but you know, Masai Ujiri is obviously, he has hindsight. He does things that nobody's thinking about, but right now, I, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I think I just came up with something that not a lot of people are thinking about either. Mm-hmm. Getting picks seven and 14 and packaging that for five and drafting Suggs and Kaminga. Cause I think the, like Scotty Barnes is a, is a fine player. But you would draft Kaminga in a situation with OG yes. being there already? Yes. Because this is the thing. I think Scotty's a fine player, but I also believe that the Raptors believe in their development. Right. And I think Kaminga, his ceiling is Paul George. So I really do think they would bet on that star potential over Scotty. Mm. Mm. OG brings in defense. Wiseman has a size to be a rim protector. Suggs is a great defender. Van Vliet is, will still be there. Mm-hmm. And we, we don't know. You know, I just, I'm just i just under the assumption that if the Raptors so were wait, to but trade you wouldn't, Siakam, you wouldn't, they're going into a full rebuild. But like you, okay, so you wouldn't tr- agree with you that. wouldn't you wouldn't trust your player development with Suggs and Barnes. That's a good point. Because because I think, but who has a higher ceiling, Barnes? Well, or I think both of them are smarter Kuminga. players than Kuminga. And Barnes would fit in that four spot. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. in a high in a high IQ system in Toronto, I think you know Suggs and Barnes would fit more. And you have OG and Obi being there. I think Kuminga is going to take some time. So let's say the Raptors trade Fred along with Siakam, and they don't even they even you know ship off Wiggins to a third team. They could have a starting lineup of Suggs. They would probably have way more picks than that. So listen to this. Death. They would have a starting lineup of Jalen Suggs, Gary Trent, OG, Scotty Barnes, or Kuminga and Wiseman. That's a really young team, but I don't you know it, like I said you know what do you guys think the Raptors should do? Do you think they should go into a full rebuild? Or are they still good enough to compete and be a championship contending I think, team? I think they were okay with that championship run. I think they 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 love it. They're okay with it. They're calm with it. I think to be in contention, they're like a star away, but I, or a star away or Kate away from being back in contention. So, and I think they have the right, the proper tools to, you know, get a star. But to be fair, Toronto didn't play a home game all last season, Very true. and they dealt with a lot of things in their locker room and on their team. So they can be in contention next year with the same guys, you know, with these young guys coming in. I think they're ty- that type of team where these young guys can buy in and they can be at that contention. I think Suggs, you know, is good enough to where he can, you know, not make them as competitive, but he can, you know, fill in that Kyle Lowry space and be a competitive guy. You know, he's he plays defense hard. He's a really good floor spacer. He knows what to do. He's a smart, high-level IQ guy. And same thing with Barnes if they get that pick. So I think those two guys are good enough for if not year one, year two, Toronto will be back in contention. 
I don't think they go full rebuild. I feel like you trade Siakam, you bring in Wiseman, you bring in Wiggins, you draft uh, you draft Jalen Suggs after uh, you lose Kyle Lowry to free agency. I feel like I like that team for the future. Definitely still young, has a good young core, good nucleus with with Nick Nurse and his history with player development and how he was able to bring that that Toronto team together to to bring home a championship. So I, I feel like a full rebuild would be a bit extreme. You I still have Federico who you got to stop. Listen, <laughs> comment section said I was I was more than valid. That being said, they don't they probably think you're from the 6 too. Which hey, you're not from the 6, bro. Uh you don't know me. <laughs> Come on. That being said, I I I don't I don't dislike this team if they were to move on from Pascal with with the direction they'd be going again that 7, again that 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 14 potentially too. On top of drafting Suggs, I don't think it's time to go full rebuild, especially how we mentioned. They didn't play a single home game last season. It's like once they get back to their home arena and and they actually get into a groove of, of, of regular basketball, a regular NBA season, I feel like that team will be okay. Masayu Jerry could be, a, he's already a genius, but he could be even more of a genius if he does something like this and ends up with two of the top five players in this draft. That'd be, that would, that'd that would be, be next level genius yeah, right definitely. there yes. that would be next level genius i just saw the video of Giannis injuring his leg it looks it looks bad yeah, can man. i see it somebody show me yeah it, but it could also be a knee extension though like a, a knee extension aka bro it might be I hope, I hope that i hope that damn he didn't i hope Ooh, that he's not, back on the bucks bench I hope that it's not as serious, bro. I didn't mean to cut off the segment, bro. <laughs> no, but it good. just caught me so crazy. I, wanna, I, wanna I just it. hate when superstars like that get injured, man. So many players have been injured in these playoffs. Bro, it sucks. And I don't like KD. KD went down with that torn Achilles. It still caught he, me. It looks he like landed, a, he landed it wrong. looks like a hyperextension. Yeah, yeah. I hope so, man. I just hope that it's not an ACL because because I just seen... talked about what happened. What are you talking about? Got my phone. Oh, your phone. <laughs> Sorry, you're closer. <laughs> I don't think it's a torn ACL. Uh, I, could, I could be wrong, but you, you know, I've seen, I've seen leg injuries before. I've seen Yusuf Nurkic's, which was gruesome. I've seen Paul George's, Paul George. which was gruesome as well. Giannis in that clip does not. I don't think. Yeah, you, oh, you didn't see. I it? didn't uh, see it. Giannis in that clip. I don't. Th- it doesn't seem to be that he he broke his leg. It seems to be like a hyperextension. At least I'm hoping that's it. I hope they don't rush him back into this game. They don't need to win this game. I don't know. You think so? If Trey Young comes back for game six? If he comes back, Giannis comes back. That's true, but I don't know. I think they need to win every game they can get. You can't play around with the, this Hawks team. This Hawks team is actually really good. Oh, my God. It looks like a hyperextension. It looks like a hyperextension. I'm hoping that Yeah, it, it goes in and yeah. backwards. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like his 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 foot goes forward, but his knee hyper extensions yep. hurt a lot. Yep. But yep. you after a day or two, you're good. Let me let me see. Oh, bro, it does not look good. Oh wait, they showed you again, bro. The, in slow motion, you see the back of his knee just bulge out. Uh, it might, bro. It might be a hyper extension, but like a terribly bad one. Oh my god, that was hard to watch. Wow, you see what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh no. Ugh, again, bro, I didn't mean to cut off the segment like that, but yikes. He returned to the bench, so hopefully he's fine. Yeah. But also, Giannis is a, is a warrior. Oh, for sure. Because of that, I wouldn't be surprised if he returned to the, to the bench because he just wants to be with his team. Yeah. So, because that's um, the type of guy he is. Another report. Dennis Schroeder has communicated he wants 100 mil to 120 mil in free agency. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Sign and trade. See ya. Trade. 
Nobody's, trade. T- nobody's trading. You'll probably sign him and not yeah, have a trade partner. Like, nah, I think we'll, we'll no, let him walk imagine before that, that happens. Imagine if that were to happen, though. A team is a team commits to the Lakers to to do a sign and trade. The Lakers sign him, but then they say psych, <laughs> and then they're left with the contract. That's probably Justice illegal. That, that's probably yeah, illegal in the NBA. Yeah, though. it has to be. It's like bad business practice. That being said, I don't think the Lakers resign him, truthfully. That's another topic, but I don't think we bring it back. These last two topics in this show, we're going to talk about some things that are a little bit controversial. So if you're sensitive, now is your time to leave. <laughs> but uh, I think these two topics are, we, we must talk about them. And I think this podcast, we talk about a lot of sensitive topics. You know, we, we try to push the boundaries. We try to talk about these things because a lot of people like to be censored and not talk about these issues. But I think that, Fuck that. We need to talk about this. Fair enough. This is Cha- this is about Chauncey Billups. The Portland Trail Blazers hired Chauncey Billups, and there has been a lot of backlash to this hiring. Um, there since he got hired and before he got hired as well, allegations from 1997 came up towards him. If you guys don't know what happened in 1997, an unidentified woman accused Billups and other NBA players of rape while he was playing for the Boston Celtics as a rookie. Multiple reports state that Billups denied any non-consensual sex between the two and said any sexual interaction they did was consensual. But this allegation was enough to raise people on Twitter to talk about this and to not want Billups to be the head coach for the Portland Trailblazers. And in your guys' opinions, do you think that this was fair? Do you think that this criticism is fair? Do you think the backlash that Billups is receiving is warranted? Or do you think that it's from 1997 and you don't know why they're bringing it up now? So like you mentioned, it is a difficult conversation to have, but some things need to be spoken about. So this Chauncey Billups situation is, is definitely a tough one because this was a very long time ago, over 20 years ago. And I haven't heard much uh, other than the, this. I'll be honest. Besides today, this is the first I'm hearing of these these allegations. And um, and you look at Chauncey and what he's done with his career ever since then. It's he hasn't done anything for me to have known that. And you know what I that information. He's been uh, a great. Uh, player in the NBA for for the Pistons. He was a great leader in that locker room. Went to the Nuggets, was a, a leader in that locker room. Was a leader basically everywhere he's gone. Uh, gets hired by ESPN. He's he's You've heard nothing of any ill word of Chauncey Billups up until this point. But of course, do I understand the criticism? I, 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 I 100% get it, especially in our climate now. We, we need to, to look out for, for everyone. Uh, However, in this ex- a specific situation, it, it's a little bit more difficult because you look at there's 30 jobs in the NBA for a head coaching position. Would you want these positions to be filled by people of squeaky clean records in a perfect world? Of course. But in every world, there's there's people that make mistakes. But for this uh, you know specific situation, there was uh, reports that he that he believed that this was consensual. Uh, the woman and him had come to a, a settlement, which means that they had agreed to 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 terms uh, uh, of the of the situation that he was she was being uh, she was accusing Chauncey of. So I feel as if 
Chauncey having this come back to haunt him, especially after this much time has passed, is a little bit unfair, uh, especially when there was no charges specifically pressed against him, uh, which is why I, I feel like this is being blown a little bit out of proportion. However, I 100% get it. It's only right that, especially with a job as critically acclaimed as a head coaching gig in the NBA, there, there's bound to be some kind of speculation. You'd want that head coach to be uh, have, have, a, have a, a perfect, clean record. Yeah. But I feel as if it's a little bit harsh to, to try and bring it up, especially after we haven't heard anything for years. No, Nobody in this world is perfect. What? In saying that... Especially not you. <laughs> in saying that, nobody in this world, not everybody in this world also has a uh, rape allegation against them. So I don't think perfect necessarily equates to that. But with that being said, I think the backlash he's been receiving is is good and bad. I think it's good because it shows that people care. It shows that people Definitely. care whether these head coaching jobs are filled with people that are good people. And obviously a rape allegation is a big deal. And if Chauncey Billups did do this, I hope he doesn't get a job anywhere. Definitely. You know, I hope that he's fine with the money that he's made in the NBA, but that's a really bad thing to do. Rape is a serious thing. In saying that, all these people on Twitter and I think people in the media as well, they are chastising Chauncey Billups off of an allegation. And Chauncey Billups right now is getting caught in the crossfire of what's going on because this is something that's been brewing for years on years on years. And what's that? what's been brewing, you ask? What's been brewing is that since the dawn of time, Women have been getting sexually assaulted and for a long time they have been having to not say anything because either men wouldn't believe them or they wouldn't get their just due. So a lot of women just stay quiet in these situations. With that being said, when something like this happens to Chauncey Billups where sexual allegations are pressed against him, a lot of people go and but believe the woman that said these claims. And that's not a bad thing to do. But at the same time, we have to understand that all we know is that there was a settlement in court. All we know is that there was either consensual or non-consensual oral sex that happened. And with the settlement is based, the settlement is basically saying it was it was probably leaning towards non-consensual. So to chastise Chauncey Billups for that, I think is a little bit too much. And since 1997, for one, this this uh, case was settled in 2000. He racked up a Hall of Fame career as a player. Everywhere he's been as a player outside of Boston, teammates loved him. He was a leader. He has a family, a wife. Looks like he's a good family man. I don't, I, don't, I don't know him personally, but he looks like he's a family man. He's gotten, uh, uh, he's, he's gotten offered the GM position for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He worked for ESPN. On the coaching staffs, he's been as an assistant. He's gotten praise by the likes of Paul George. Damian Lillard wanted Kidd or Billups. Those were his, his two preferred candidates. Since that incident, either, whether it was consensual or non-consensual, right now I'm leaning towards it was non-consensual. Billups has not done anything that has made me say, wow, this guy doesn't deserve a job. I mean, he's been as good as you can be. So to bring up those allegations now, I think is a bit unfair. And he's just getting caught in the crossfire because everybody's so emo emotional right now. Because most of the times when men do stuff like this, they get away. 
Maybe Chauncey Billups was one of them, but maybe he's he wasn't. But I think right now we're in we're in a position. Well, people are in a position where they are setting him out to be guilty instead of innocent. And if you're asking Chauncey or the Blazers front office about these allegations, what are they supposed to say? I know people want transparency right now, but what is what are they supposed to say? Chauncey Billups obviously wants to not talk about this because I would imagine it was a traumatic experience for him at the time. He was 20 years old. He was either, let's say it wasn't true. He was facing something that could have ruined his life. So obviously he doesn't want to go back to that 24 years later and talk about it. Kobe Bryant, rest in peace to him, before he passed away, Jeff Perlman, who was on the show promoting his Three Ring Circus book, couldn't get an interview with Kobe for his book because Kobe didn't want to talk about those early 2000 Lakers teams because Jeff Perlman was going to interview him and ask him questions about the rape case. But Kobe didn't want to talk about that because he's a changed man. Billups is a changed man. We don't know if what he did was non-consensual. And if it was not, if it was non-consensual, like I said, he deserves every punishment that he gets. But if it was consensual, I can totally understand why they don't want to talk about it. What more is there to be transparent about? The records are there. The, the settlement is there. The files are there. The records are there. What else is there to be more transparent about? You know, rape, I don't mean to smile. I'm just always smiling. But rape it's is an uncomfortable it, thing. Some people react. It's very sick. You know, I, have, I live with my mom, my grandma, and my sister. So rape is kind of hits me different because I was growing up and I was raised around three women in my household all the time. I'm surrounded by women all the time, whether it be grandmas, cousins, you know, moms. So it rape hits different because it could be one of them. You know what I'm saying? So, but like you said, 1997, we weren't even born. So to bring this up after a career of being a good dad, you know, being a good husband, no other allegations, you know, being a great coach, great teammate. Like you said, Paul George, Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, Kawhi Leonard even, who does not speak, have talking highly of Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups is praised around the whole league. And to sit here, and, and like you said, it's a 50-50 thing because on one end, it could be true. On one end, it couldn't be true. And it's like you have to kind of play that 50-50 line. But I don't think you should start the judging part as if he's guilty because then when you, you know, if, if it eventually comes out and you were wrong, now you want to play the I'm so sorry card. I think you should kind of tread that line of like, I'm not going to say nothing until I know the okay. truth. So I think people, people on Twitter are sensitive. People on Twitter, they like to jump to gun. And I understand women's perspective, but we have to also look at the world as women lie too. And women try to catch guys in the act. And not all guys are guilty. You know, some guys have been caught where they didn't do anything. Women is just trying to lie because they got caught being a, you know. So it's like we have to play that 50-50 line. And I feel like people who have bettered, who have changed their life from that moment on to now shouldn't need to talk about it. You shouldn't even need to bring up about it. First of all, the Portland Trailblazers have probably dug into the situation 10, 15 times already. Yeah. So they probably have got all the information. They wouldn't have hired him if it was, in fact, the truth. So the fact that they did hire him and felt that they felt that they feel that he is innocent to a, to a fault. So I think people should just accept the fact 
that he got the, you know, they should be proud of him for getting that coaching spot. People have talked high on him, and they should not bring up stuff that they don't know is true. They don't know. They weren't there. They don't know what happened. He's tried to change his life from that moment on. It was 1997. I'm not saying get over it, but the world is a different place. He is a different place. He has bettered his life, so we should just, you know, get on with our life. A wise man once said, the apologies were never as much as a, as a stone's thro- thrown. That wise man was me. I just came up with that right now. There's no way you just came up with that. I swear to God, I just came up with Repeat it one more time. The apologies, the apologies are never as much as the stones thrown. Okay, I get it. Correct. Which means that people you sure are you people. I think, I don't know. Search uh, it up. Maybe it's on. Good, maybe it's no, on no, it actually not. sounded really good. That's all. Moran. This is the thing, right? On Twitter, everybody's chastising Billups. And on, I, don't, I don't think we'll ever know the truth to what happened. Oh, never. But let's say somehow we do. People will just ignore it. Kind of like Paul George having a good game. Right, he has a bad game. Oh, he sucks. Oh, he's this, he's that. He has a good game. Everybody's silent. Like you guys mentioned, Chauncey Billups has bettered his life. And women, when they go through sexual assault or something similar to that, those are traumatic experiences that shape their life, and they go through traumatic things. And I feel bad, and I I hope that doesn't happen to anybody. With that being said, when men go through these, when men get accused of something they did not do they also go through traumatic experiences because now they have that stain and reputation imagine being chauncey billups thinking what you did was consensual and now this is getting thrown in your face right i understand the jason kidd criticism because he admitted to beating his wife they are actually charges against him as a head coach he got a dui but Chauncey has been nothing but squeaky clean. And last year, the narrative in the NBA around coaches was that not enough black coaches are getting an opportunity. This year, Kid gets hired. Chauncey gets hired. Ime kid is black? He's mixed. Of course. Wow. Yeah, he's, he really? just looks mixed. Yeah, he's I mixed. Even, I never even looked at thought he was black. Wow. Ime, Ime Adoka gets hired as well. Three coaches of you know that are diverse. But now that's not good enough. Now it's why isn't Becky Hammond hired? Why isn't there a woman coach? And I'm not saying Becky Hammond doesn't deserve a job because she does. And I think she'll get one eventually. But people constantly move the goalposts of what they want to see done. First, it was we need more black coaches. Okay, this offseason, you got that. Now it's why did Billups or a kid get a job over Becky Hammond? People were greedy. So what, what do people really want? You know, it seems like people are constantly moving the goalposts on this type of subject. And... I think this this criticism is a bit uncalled for, but then again, people are emotional. People want to seek justice. People, if, if this was in fact true, they don't want to see Chauncey as a head coach. So I understand where that is coming from. But also, we can't just jump the gun in and say this guy shouldn't be head coach because he did this or he did that. These are allegations. That's like, I hate to bring him up again because I want him to rest in peace, but that's like Kobe. If Kobe got a head coaching job, I don't think anybody would be against it. Nobody would be against it. But if he gets hired, all of a sudden they'll bring up his allegations, his rape allegations, even though you know that it was already done, dealt with. And I believe he settled out of the, out of that as well. Yeah. You know, so why bring up something that Chauncey did, which was way before what Kobe did? I just think Chauncey's kind of getting a bit unfair criticism right now, and I understand where people are coming from, but I think this is stemming more from. Two things. People wanted to see Becky Hammond hired. And people are all also, this is a very touchy subject. 
And this is kind of like accusing somebody of murder, right? You know, so if you could accuse somebody of murder, you automatically think they're guilty mm-hmm. or they have allegations of, of, of murder. You mm-hmm. automatically think they're guilty because it's such a serious crime. Correct. And that's why people are, are reacting so strong to it. And I like that because it shows that we're progressing as a society. And I think Chauncey Billups was just caught in the crossfire of what's happening. And he has to deal with this. And, you know, I feel bad because it's a lot to deal with. You know, imagine you being so far removed from that situation 20 years later this is coming back at you at what is supposed to be one of the best moments in your life, yeah. getting a head coaching job other than probably getting drafted. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot to deal with. And the front office is dealing with this just as well. And they want these, they want the GM Neil Olshley, I think that's how you pronounce it to be transparent, but what is there to be transparent about? You know, <laughs> is he supposed to say Billups is guilty, even though he doesn't think he's guilty. Yeah. If he, let's say if he says that Billups is innocent, then People are going to call him a liar. People are going to criticize him for saying that. If he says he's guilty, well, well that's like... Why would you uh, hire uh, him? That's, yeah. a, that's such the a, worst thing. That's such said. a Agreed. bigger deal. Correct. If he says nothing, he gets criticized for saying nothing and not being transparent. Mm-hmm. Either way, he can't win in this situation. So him saying nothing at all and saying you just have to trust our word is the best thing he can say at this moment, which is what he said and what he got criticized for. But... Outside of the allegations, I thought Portland getting Chauncey Billups basketball-wise was an outstanding move. Amazing. If we're just talking basketball, I think it was an outstanding move, and we don't know the truth. Nobody knows the truth, except the people that were there. All we know is that it was either consensual or non-consensual, and we don't know what exactly happened, and we probably will never know. That's all we know in a certain point in time. Another of... I don't think if this was as serious, but it was definitely funny thing that happened. Scotty Pippen was on a Dan Patrick show and he's still hurt over not getting the last shot in game three or four against the New York Knicks. It was Tony Kukoc, who was a rookie at the time. And Pippen has been on a roll these past couple of days, weeks. He called out Kevin Durant, not calling him a team player. And KD backfired and said, you, you, you know, sat on the bench for your team. Scottie Pippen went on the Dan Patrick show and said that Phil Jackson was a racist. Dan Patrick asked him about the play that was designed for Cool Coach, and Scotty said he believed that was a racial thing. Personally, for me, I wouldn't rule out a white man born in 1954 being a racist. Very fair. I Extremely I, fair. Point. I wouldn't rule that out. But then again, Scotty's the only player that said this. As bad as Phil Jackson's Knicks tenure was, Carmelo Anthony's never came out and said something like that. Very true. Nobody on the Knicks came out and said something like that. Shaq would have said something. Jordan never said that. Kobe never said that. All these great players have never said that. This feels more to me that Scotty's bitter. But at the same time, none of them have ever got treated the way Scotty got treated. I guess so. But this is the thing. What what the hell is Scotty so mad about? (laughs) Tony Tony Kukoc hit the damn shot. The reason he got that shot was because he was a better shooter than Scotty. That's why he got the shot. And if he missed, it would have been a way bigger deal that Scotty sat the bench. And fun fact, Tony Kukoc had three game-winning shots at the budget that season, his rookie year. Yep. So he's shown before that shot that he could do it. I understand if the Bulls lost and Scotty is still like, I should have got that shot, I should have got it. But if you saw your teammate make it, there's no reason to keep on talking about 100%. it. He won the game. Just shut up. Like, what What are you even complaining about? I get it. 
Because it's like, I don't know, I don't get the racist part. Let me start. <laughs> I don't get the racist part. Him coming out and saying he's racist when Phil Jackson has coached oh, over, oh my God, so many black NBA players, you know, Derek Fisher. They call him mentor. A mentor. He's yeah, a Robert Horry, you know, Dennis, Dennis Rodman. Rodman. That's the one for me. Like Ron Harper, Michael Jordan, like he coached so many black players. Horace Grant, like I can go on and on and on. And this is the only guy who's spoken out about it 20 years, 30 years later. I'm not really acknowledging the racist part too much. I don't think, I think Phil Jackson's a great guy. People have called him a mentor. People have called him a leader. People have called him the well-spoken guy. You know, he lives by a code. He's, you know, brings all this yoga stuff and he's a really good person. So I'm not really acknowledging that. Even as a player, you know, he played basketball and he played for the Knicks, I believe. He won the last championship. Wasn't Walt Frazier on the team, a black, you know, black player, the best player on the team. Also correction, Jackson was born in 1945. You was nine years off. Yeah, I was. (laughs) So, but in terms of Scotty being upset he didn't get the last shot, I mean, I understand it because, you know, he wouldn't have done that to MJ. He wouldn't have done that to Kobe. And at the time, Scotty was the man and, you know, he, he was on the rise. So I understand that part. But like you said, he made the shot. So, all right, he didn't give me the shot, but my teammate made it. At least be happy for your teammates. Cough it up on to the next game. You know, you, Scotty, you're not even that. You're not in, You're not the number one anyways realistically you're a great player but you're only the number one because michael jordan left but to be fair scotty felt like at that moment he was the guy he was and he was rightfully so the man of the team and phil jackson wouldn't have done that to no other player i understand scotty being upset about not getting the shot opportunity of course you had been second fiddle to michael jordan basically your entire career up until this point you carry the bulls all season long you have an mvp type season uh the Bulls are in a really great position even after you lose the greatest player of all time. And you're finally in a position where, you know what, I can be the man now. I could show people that Michael's great, but I'm great too. And oh, what, no, what's wrong laughing. with saying that? Oh, it's just ridiculous. I mean, what I'm saying is not that <laughs> ridiculous. Obviously, Michael's No, I'm the saying he's ridiculous ever. for thinking that. Oh, of, oh, I'm with you 100%. You can't be Michael. Yeah. And But if anyone... I don't know if anyone could do what Scotty did. Scotty would, would uh, withstood a bunch of. Oh yeah, yeah, he's dope. For years, he he played second fiddle and he was cool with it. One moment he wasn't cool with being a second fiddle. Tony Kuko. But be be honest with yourself. If you were Scotty, you wouldn't be upset. I just said I would. If we lost, I would. Oh and yeah, if, I wouldn't be upset at cool coach because he's not the coach. Correct. I'd be upset at Phil. And listen, even even in regards to the play call itself, Phil made a decision. That was ultimately the best for the squad. He saw Kukoc have success earlier in the season. You can watch the last dance. He talks about it. He says Kukoc hit a similar... They drew up a similar design uh, for, for Kukoc earlier in the season. He hit the shot. He knew that Kukoc could do it. Kukoc goes. They draw up the exact same play. Kukoc hits the shot. If 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 Kukoc misses that shot, where you're right, you can understand where Scotty would, would still talk about it to this day. I, I would be on Scotty even more so for the fact that he decided to sit the bench. You decided to sit the bench. You watched your team lose after you, you know, you carried them as the number one all season long. And you decided to put yourself over the team and had them lose. I would be on Scotty even way more well, this than is, this that wasn't the first time he's done that. You know, he did that the same in uh in the offseason where he decided to just That was years later though. Yeah, but I'm saying that was did, years later. That showed a repeated that's, I think but that the, started the selfish ways of. But another Scottie. thing that people don't and his talk about, his teammates criticize him too for that. Fair enough, but the Bulls didn't pay him properly. 
there was a point where there was a point where he was the second best player in the NBA, and he was the sixth highest paid player on his this team. Myth that, that was he, on he, his he was team. never this because if he were if he were to be the second best player in the NBA. He would have had to been either A better than Jordan or B better than Hakeem. Well, I talk about when he talked about when Jordan left. But even when Jordan left, Shaq was better. Hakeem was better. Penny was arguably better. Charles Barkley was still in the league. He was better. This myth that Scotty was the second best player in the league is just ridiculous. Why is it why is it ridiculous? Because I just named guys better. <laughs> <laughs> it's like obviously in hindsight now they've no, become it's a, better. It's a fact. They, like Shaq the, was at better. At that time, Shaq Carl was better. Malone, Carmelo, Stockton, maybe like come on. But do you? Grant think, Hill was better than him. At, at let's be honest, bro, Grant Hill was better than. What, him. what did what didn't Scotty do on a basketball court? <sighs> Shoot, he wasn't a good shooter. Was like, Grant Hill read, better than? Did you need him who, to score in that NBA time at that time? Drew, who's with better? Jordan out? Yes, Drew, at that time Drew, to shoot the basketball. Drew, not really. Who's better, Grant Hill, or Scotty Pippen? All the time? time? No, at that time. Keep be honest. Who just had a? I'm, not, I'm take taking teams Scotty. Over. You're taking Scotty over Scottie, Grant Hill. Yes. No, I just don't think he's. I don't know about that, but I'll say I think Malone, Hakeem, Barkley, those are I'm three taking, guys agreed. better than Scotty right there. I agree. That's I, not even naming Shaq and Penny. But Shaq wasn't better than than Pippen at that Shaq year. Shaq was better when he walked in. No, he was not. He, he was stop. not. Got to stop. Do I agree with you that Shaq's a better player than Scotty Pippen? What, what year was that? That uh, dude, it was 90, 90, it was ninety three, ninety four. No, it was ninety four, ninety five, right? No, ninety four. No, ninety four, ninety five was the year that the Bulls were the all time. Or is that ninety six? No, I apologize. Ninety two, ninety three, the Bulls won the championship. Ninety three, ninety four, they won. They, uh, the Rockets won. And then ninety four, ninety five, the, the Rockets, Rockets two peated. Yeah, that was they the year. Those were the years. So then it was the year. I think it was. It was those the two year years. before. No, the year before, correct. Biscotti that was Scotty's year. But Scotty was is here the next year too. Just Jordan came so back. So these came are back, these are players that led the league in scoring that year. These are the top ten players, right? I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna name them right now. We're waiting. I'm trying to click on it to filter. <laughs> okay, David Robinson, who was I believe the admiral. He was an MVP that year with Hakeem. David Robinson, Shaq, Hakeem, Malone, Ewing, Dominique Wilkins. Mitch Richmond, Latrell Sprewell, Glenn Rice, Cliff Robinson, and then it was Scotty. Scotty averaged twenty-one. Yeah, that year, and he was eleventh in scoring that year. Big Mitch. I don't know nothing about that. Mitch Robinson. Mitch Richmond. Excuse me. Jordan came back ninety-four, ninety-five. Like twenty. Scotty that year twenty-one point four, two point nine steals, five point two assists, eight point one rebounds. And he came in, and the Bulls were struggling. Like struggling when MJ came back, they were struggling to make the playoffs. They were poop. But that okay, year before so look, they went to the, this is this is that was weird. They went seven with the Knicks, didn't they? Yeah, it was really the year. Weird this is year ninety three. What's weird about it that they dropped that low the next year? Oh, I mean, you just lost the greatest player ever. No, I'm saying Scotty. Oh, 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 yes, yes, agreed. God, sorry, Joel. Okay, these are this is the year ninety three ninety four season. The ninety three ninety four season where MJ left and Scotty was the man of the team. This was the MVP voting. Hakeem was first. David Robinson was second. Scotty was third. Shaq was fourth. Ewing was fifth. Payton was sixth. And to your credit, Shaq and Malone that year was seventh. Averaged twenty nine and twelve. He was amazing. No, he was better than Scotty. Bro, Scotty had twenty two that year. Twenty two. Two again. Twenty nine and twelve. Bro, he's amazing. Year two. He's amazing. It's year two. That's Shaq, okay. obviously. So you know. But at that time, you're not it's still taking Scotty. 
for sure. And in, ter- in terms of win shares, these are all the what players. What year is that of O'Neal's? I apologize. But what 90 year? 1994. No, what year? Was that his first year in the year? At least? No, year two. I'm just going to let you know Shaq averaged 29 and 13. Just, yeah, that's what he just said. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Hakeem averaged 27 and 11, and David Robinson averaged 30 and 11. Come on, bro. This was bro, a big averaged 25 Scottie and 11. Scotty did everything. This was a big Okay, listen, league. listen, listen. Everything. These are the win shares that year. Robinson was first, Shaq was second, Hakeem was third, Malone was fourth, Stockton was fifth, Ewing was sixth, Kemp was seventh, and Scotty was eighth. So let's just let's just talk about this. In that time, are you taking Scotty over Hakeem Olajuwon? No. Hell no. Are you taking Scotty over Shaquille O'Neal? Hell no. I, at that time? Yeah, hell no. At that time? No, you're second, not. Is the second not. year in the league. Exactly. He's putting up 29 okay. and 12. All right, maybe. Are you putting? Maybe. Are you taking Scotty over David Robinson? That, I think that's debatable that's because debatable. Robinson in the playoffs wasn't yeah, that's that That's a debate. I'm going to take Scotty. Okay, that's so now Scotty is third unless he gets moved out. Uh-huh. So are you taking Scotty or Carl Malone? Malone. You got to stop. So that that's so Scotty was the fourth now. He gets knocked down to fourth. Are you taking Scotty? You're taking Carl Malone. Are you taking too? Scotty or Patrick Ewing? Taking Scotty. The Knicks beat the Bulls in the playoffs they did. that year. They did. He tried 100%. to make that real yeah, clear. They did. They did. <laughs> okay, so I would take... Who's, who's I would take Shaq. On, 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 I'm what do you stop. mean? The Knicks had the the one of the worst offensive teams of all time. I'm saying Patrick Ewing. Who's playing defense on Patrick Ewing for the Bulls? Don't do again, that on the Bulls. Don't do that. Who's Ooh. playing defense on uh, Scotty? Well, no, uh, John Starks. This is good. Um, I'm taking Stockton over Scotty. Stockton, mm-hmm. John Stockton over Scotty, hundred percent. And Not Barkley about. averaged 21, 11, and five, but he didn't play a great defense. So I'll take Scotty over him. So Scotty, he was not the second best player. I think it was. I think Hakeem is over him. Shaq is over sure, him. Malone is sure. over him. Shaq went to the and front. I would Malone, put I would put Ewing Malone. over him, and I would put Scotty fifth, debatable fourth. Even still, they still had a top five player. Which what what do you, is that bad? That's, that's still even debatable because Malone, Stockton, Malone, debatable. Maybe I'm saying debatable. debatable. Those for are sure, debatable. So sure. it's debatable if for you're sure. top five for sure, for sure. Are you taking Charles Barkley or Scotty Pippen? I would take uh, Pippen because of his defense. I agree. Yeah. That's what people like. Defensively, that's what held that Bulls team down all those years, other than obviously Michael Jordan being Michael Jordan. If Scotty is not the defensive anchor that he is, the Bulls team's not the same. You're not wrong, but Carl Malone was an all NBA defender. Hakeem is arguably the best, the best defender, defender of all, of all time. time. Shaq was a great defender as well. So Correct. that's three right there. That's Correct. off the bat. Not and Stockton bad. was also an all NBA defender. But are those guys guarding? One to four we'll is go. Scotty guarding one to four. Is Scotty guarding big men, which in that era was the glory days of the big man? Can Scotty control a game like Stockton? I, no, but how many players really can in NBA right history? Then, so and can Scotty Scotty dominate a game like Hakeem and Shaq? But can 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 what, Stockton what, what? dominate a game like Pippen can? What the f- what, what do you mean dominate could, a game? Could Stockton have done what Pippen did that what year? What did he do? Took, he took a Bulls team without their to the best second player. round and was third in MVP voting. Do you, Stockton's doing that. Stockton took Stockton and Malone at an old age beat everybody in the West twice to go to the finals. I'm not taking anything away from that. That same year, Scotty was having back problems and was struggling. You also mentioned how he had Carl Malone too. Scotty had Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Yeah, but that season he did not. Okay, so you want to talk about that year? That's exa- that's only what I'm talking right, about. Wait. Run down stuff. Um, I mean, that would just enhance the scoring numbers, though. Uh, who's Scotty's? Scotty's yeah. yeah. Well, with Jordan, he's a 16 point per game scorer. Oh, but that he did his role to the best. He, I mean, you said 93, 94? 16's cap. This is the 16's thing. 16's cap. It's 18. <laughs> Bro, he 17.8, 21, 18, 22, 
22 was the year he left. 21 was when he came back. 19, 20, 19. Okay, what's his career average with the Bulls? Oh, that's hard. I, I, I can't find that number. Uh, it usually shows you on the bottom if you're on basketball reference. Let's see. Let's see. With the Bulls, he averaged 17.7. So, 18. so like the 16 yeah. point against No, but early in his so career. Stockton, that's funny. Early in his career, 7.9, 14.4. But then third year where he actually started to kick up, 16.5. I'll just say this. I think Scotty being the man on that team, for one, that team was not bad. I think BJ Armstrong made an Agreed. all-star game that year. Yeah. Yeah, he really? was good. So I think Scotty to that Bulls team, he he, uh, that year he proved that he can't be the best option on the championship team. And I don't. I even think if if Scotty had his own team, he's not good enough to be the first option. He has Western to be the Com- second. Sorry, Western Conference Finals that year. John Stockton. Yeah, with Carmelo. You gotta stop. You asked you me. Mean? You asked me a question. Bro, and I answered your no, question. No, no. My question. Me, my question. Your question was wrong, where did they go? Wrong. And I. Took, my, that's not the question. Was, was okay, you weren't was listening? Question? If Stockton was on that Bulls team, you take Scotty and you and you completely put Stockton on that squad. Is Scotty? Do that. But that's what. That's my. That point. team was built. Wait, hold up. For for one. If you put Scotty on Utah and ask him to take Stockton, I'm not saying I'm not telling the, him to do that. In the pick and roll, I'm not telling him he to do would that. not do that. Also, yeah, no, Stockton no, was one of the most efficient three point shooters of all time. Not to mention that Bulls team was kind of already built around before Scotty. Scotty. Okay. No, before I'm saying mm-hmm. most of the guys who came back was already there when Jordan left. They yeah. just added Kukoc. My point and even was then a he was highly still, coveted. He, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I'm, it's like. Regardless of that point, I'm my my initial question was if you put Stockton on the Bulls and you ask him to do what Scotty did, you think he could do that? What did he do? Bro, without the Lost best the player round. to oh, the Knicks who had given the Knicks never the, beat Jordan. You know, you know what's giving him fits and that's and you, you know can't what that's say like? that's not Jordan. true. You know what that's like? Taking Jordan off that Bulls yeah, team. Not just Jordan. The best player ever. You took the best player ever off a uh, squad and asked okay. him to go play. Okay. Listen up. <laughs> you take Jordan off that squad is the same like taking LeBron off Miami with Bosh and Wade. Healthy and I believe Bosh and Wade still made the playoffs, right? No, they got hurt, but that the next is, year no, they made no, the East Carver second round. Terrible, oh, okay. terrible, yes, terrible comparison. How? Because D. Wade, Wade was already hurt. Are they, he was prime? Are, they in his, are they in their prime? I can't wait for this. Scotty was I, in his prime, I, was he not? Bosh, Wade. Were they D. Wade were in their prime? Guys, but D. Wade was, was coming back to form. Bosh was in his prime. Oh, Bosh was in his prime. Oh my God! He was. That he got is injured, so, he was so egregious. This is this is what this is, this is what kills so me. because that year LeBron leaves. People love to say when LeBron leaves, you're right. teams you're right. go garbage. They were a game D-Wade away from and Chris Bosh played less than fifty games yep. that year. Yep. The next year, when they reload, yep. they go to the second round because of Chris Bosh having blood clots yep. and couldn't play. Yep. They they lost to Toronto in yep. six. But if Bosh plays, they go see LeBron. In the Eastern Conference Finals, and I'm not saying they're going to beat them, mm-hmm. but they would have ran it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They like they just were hurt. Listen, they, I'm not, they I'm, were fine. I'm with you. I mean, everybody they on in Chicago, their prime, like every, Scottie Pippen was for one. No. For one, for one, that's that answer. Chicago Bulls team. You had Scottie, who was in the MVP conversation. All world. You had Horace Grant, who was 28 years old in his prime, who mm-hmm. after that went to oh, go to went Orlando. to Orlando and was a huge part of why they made the NBA Finals. B.J. Armstrong made an all-star game. Tony Kukoc, Steve Kerr. Like, they still had a good team, bro. Oh, I'm with 2014. you. I'm not, I'm not taking name, that Name me Scotty's numbers right now. Bro, 20, 22. 22, 9, and 6 with three steals. Okay, Mr. D-Wade out of his prime that year with D, with Miami, 22, 5, and 4. So out of his prime, still put up Scotty Pippen 22, numbers. But listen. What, what, what? Are you taking Dwayne Wade or Scotty Pippen all-time career? <laughs> I'm asking a question. Wait, 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 I, agree. By, I agree. I agree. I agree. What you saying? 22, 5, and 4 is way past Dwayne Wade's prime. 
and that was Scotty's prime. Think about it. But Scotty, it was twenty. Scotty's. It was a different league and pace back then. But I get what you're saying. I do understand what you're saying. But that being said, how many steals did Dwayne Wade average? I got you right now. Uh, one. Under one? No one. 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 What did Chris Bosh average that year? That's right now. He probably averaged twenty. I guarantee it. I'd hope so as a number two option. I mean, at number three, he put up Scottie Pippen numbers. No, he did not. He was like a 60 point <laughs> scorer. <laughs> like, what you mean? Like, I got you right now, Mr. Tight Fast. 21, 7, and 2. So he got back to form. And as a third option, he put up 17 points, 16 points, 18 points. So he was Scotty. See, I just wasn't an offensive guy, man. I mean, that being said, this league is way more offensive than that. That is fair. And well, Scotty was. It, a- it was 20. 14, 2015, right that year. Regardless. To be fair, Scotty is top five the league, defender. The league, yes. the league six years ago wasn't as supercharged as it is now offensively. It was um, still a just got like that. 16. It was yeah. going into that phase. When Golden of, State started to really. It was find really Golden way, State that did it all. Yeah. But to be fair, Scotty, top five all time defender. We get all that. Mm-hmm. All world mm-hmm. defender. We understand that part. But you, this initial debate was about. You if, said he was the second best player. He was the, the second best player in the league at Which, the time. Which, hey, listen, I'll, I'll accept being Which wrong. Which will give there. you fourth. And I'm fine with that. Okay. Like, what's wrong yeah, with it? We'll give you four or five. But right. Two, nah. Oh, yeah. Two spots. I'm really so Because that's, that's just pumping Scotty to places he was never. Okay. A top four player in the NBA. That's Are even you, still debatable. What's wrong with that? That's like, but that's like a LeBron slash Durant Curry gap from like Giannis. Yeah. You know? Okay. That's a Because Giannis is very. We good. consider Giannis like a top maybe five. I don't know. He went to chip this year. Is he. Uh, Kurt, you're right. KD, Steph, and, and LeBron are just on like, a different tier of basketball right now. But you're saying, so you're saying, you're saying, and I think I, that I, if I would you, say if you Shaq. Were, hold on, give me one sec. Yeah, I, I would you. say Shaq 100% in that category. Olajuwon is 100% in that category. You could debate three. And it's crazy because even in in like we look at the top five players right now, LeBron, KD, Kawhi, Steph, all better than Pippen. Like, I think yeah. I think our top players now are better than their top players then. Oh, I'm with you so there, like, bro. That's debatable. No, even even Giannis mean, at that time, Giannis is basically Shaq at the time, are you averaging his Kawhi numbers. or Scotty. I'm taking, but I mean, but he's saying top players. Kawhi's not better than Akeem. No, I know, but Kawhi's better than Scotty. Yeah, he's like if we plug yeah. in our players I think our now, Scotty might be better than Scotty. If we plug in our top eight now in that era, Scotty's like off. I the think top Harden's seven. better than Scotty. You could debate Giannis. You can debate a healthy AD. You don't AD. think Scotty would get more buckets Scotty, than this? Scotty is like... You guys are disrespectful. Scotty is like Paul George. Scotty's like Paul George. Don't disrespect Paul George. And the tier. He, he is in that Oh, tier. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Luke is better than Scotty. You don't think that Scotty would have success in this NBA? I, no, I think he will. But like he wouldn't average more than 22? It's not his game. I don't know. I mean, He didn't I become an all-star like, in like 93, bro. If Middleton can average over... Middleton's a shooter. Scotty yeah, would fair. be like... Fair. He would be like a I don't even know. Scotty that year shot oh, 31% from I was going to say Jerry Wallace. I didn't want to be disrespectful. I was going to say hell no. Yeah, hell I didn't no. want to be I would say I would say like 35. he would be now in the same tier as Paul George is in. I feel like that's Like a little bit outside the top 10, but in his prime prime, top top 10, top 8, respectable. So respectable. I would say that's where Scotty Scotty would be a top well, 15 when top Jordan was playing I'd still say it was, a gap. was top five in my opinion. When when Jordan and him were playing together right between eighty eight and ninety three. No, when I forgot Isaiah no. was around. Magic was correct. still here. Bird correct. was still here. Correct. What are you talking about correct. Akeem, Admiral. No, I didn't say from eighty eight. I said when Scotty. You said Scotty was here. When, when Scotty took to his actual all star potential. Oh, okay, okay. So ninety. Well, exactly. Okay, that's fair. Well, he wasn't top five then because MJ bumps him out. 
Well, uh, listen, I said that you could b- debate him three. With who? So you're taking Shaq, you're taking Hakeem. After that, it's in question. Oh, oh okay. I thought you were saying Michael is in the of picture. Course. Sorry. Pardon me. It's obvious Michael's one. No, because I th- you keep trying to debate uh, Shaq and Scotty. No, no, no. Shaq, no, Shaq, it, I, you guys got it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shaq's better. So <laughs> wait, you're not giving us Malone? You got to give us Malone, bro. I just think he's an MVP. Listen, I'm not taking that away from him. If you're not giving me Stockton, you got to at least give me Malone. I'm more lenient to Malone than I am to Stockton. Okay, fair. Yeah, obviously. But uh, yeah, of course. That being said, I just feel like Scotty just could do everything for me. And that's why I feel like he. Did he he win an MVP for you? He won multiple championships. And what's more important? You got to start with. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I mean, we can't disrespect Scotty. He was a part of, you know. Yeah, but. All right. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Understandable. We strayed so much from this original topic. No, no, really. But it's all about Scotty. No, no, that's true. We're talking Bulls. (laughs) I think we strayed away from the original topic, but it was actually Great conversation. Hopefully, the audience enjoyed it. This, uh. We got a this little mess of erratic. Ending about got erratic. <laughs> Gotta be funny, man. So this is going to do it for this episode of episode. Pick a Side, episode 96. You guys can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Pick a Side Podcast, on Twitter at Pick a Side Pod. And if you haven't already, rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hopefully that moves us up in the ranks because those ratings are the reason people move up in the ranks. So we'd appreciate it a lot. So if you're listening to this and you made it all the way through, Thank you so much, and we'll see you guys next time.